Hello, Chomp Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp, and a podcast where if you listen long enough, you will be whisked away to a video game conference three years from now where you will meet devs, play indie titles, drink copious amounts of energy drinks, and be invited to several orgies. You'll walk into the orgy and realize that it's just a bunch of people playing Halo in a LAN party. You show up naked and are now utterly embarrassed as the people playing with their Duke controllers are confused. You see one person in the corner begin to dry heave and you run away to cry into your hotel pillow. Now, if this is your first time being here, I want to say a big welcome and thank you for checking out the show. It's always good to have new ears on the show. And if you have a free moment, If you could hit the subscribe button, that would help us immensely as we continue to get the Sword Chomp name out there. E3 has come and gone. Yes, it was able to happen despite the real world circumstances, for better or worse. Being a video game podcast and fans of video games, we feel a pressing need to throw our thoughts and opinions out into the world to see if you agree with us. We will also have some gaming talk as Rich wraps up his thoughts on the Final Fantasy VII DLC and his time with Ratchet and Clank. Rich and Josh also played a game called Island of Minutes. And, as always, we will reveal the results of the polls that you voted on, which were mostly E3-oriented. A lot to talk about, and I am so excited, guys. I am so excited to get into this. But first, let me introduce the people that will be weaving you tales of the first all-digital E3 conference. But first, let me introduce the people that will be weaving you tales of the first all-digital E3 conference the world has ever seen. Hailing in from New York, we have the only crew member that has multiple video game conferences, including E3, and the only member who has asked Randy Pitchford to adopt him. How are you doing, my friend? How was your week outside of gaming? Uh, busy, but all right. And for context, I this is before we knew about Randall's foray with medieval times and pornography. Um, I... You know, I just I I don't want to be the son of a magician any longer. I just want to make that clear. I yeah yeah I you know it was a it was it's a my time favorite song by the Who. Felt, it's really good. You needed someone, and Randy just happened to be the first person there available. It's well, I was at medieval times, so it makes sense. No, I get it. I get it. But how's your week been, man? We haven't been talking much outside of uh, video games and business stuff this week. What have you been up to? Um, <laughs> not a whole lot, honestly, in between um, E3 stuff. Um going to try and get out for a little bit after work tomorrow um, and see some people, hopefully. But uh been a pretty video game-centric week, what with the Electronic 3s. The electronic triad, as the kids electronic say. Electronic Entertainment Expo. Um, you know, we saw some some video games. Uh, I watched the second episode of Loki on Disney Plus. Okay. 
That show's pretty good. Is a thing I say is as a comic good? book nerd. Pretty good? Pretty good. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, I've been... It's on my docket of things to check out, but I still haven't finished Falcon and Winter Soldier yet. I like that one. I like the Marvel television. Um, <laughs> is a thing I'll say. It's it's good. Bold. It's, well, I'm glad you're here, Rich. I'm excited to talk about E3 with you. There's so much to delve into. So, um, thank you, you for being Sam here. Got my stress ball here. Uh, for E3 good. talks. We need that. We need that. Okay, next we have the endearing critic of all things that. Allowing nothing to escape his ever-critical eye. He will hold up a magnifying glass to anything that needs an analysis, including that mole sitting underneath your right nipple that you are worried about that may be melanoma, but you are too scared and lazy to go get it checked out. You need to go get that checked out. I know paying for doctors isn't cheap, but it's better than getting cancer. Go get it looked at. But anyways... Joshua Fowler is calling in straight from Michigan. Josh, what's going on in your world? Everything lately, it it, it seems. Um, it seems been, that way. Been a busy week. Been a busy week. Um, I'm I am worn out from a. Uh, last week I was I was busy from digging in the garden, getting everything set up and whatnot. And this week we are finally rectifying the soil situation from when we had our sewer connected this winter where the uh, the guys brought in just completely garbage soil full of broken bottles and rocks and everything anyway we 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 ordered essentially a minivan size volume of soil to put on top of all that to kind of cover everything up and get the ground back to level um this last week so it was it was my job to shovel all that in the wheelbarrow before we moved it out and put it where we needed it. So essentially, I dug a hole the size of a minivan yesterday, and uh, my back is killing me from uh, from all that, um, which is the main thing. But but also, it's it's not been all bad. Uh, the the everything also includes this week going in to uh, get my kid put to bed and tuck him in, and whatnot. Tell him tell him good night, and I go in there. And I say, good, good night, kiddo. Like, you, you ready for bed? And he says, shh, shh. I'm telling myself a story. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. So I walk back out the door and, and I sit and listen. And he proceeds to tell himself three stories before finally passing out. Yeah. He, uh, he uh, just felt like I wasn't doing a satisfactory job with the Was bedtime it a trilogy? stories. Were and they so related stories? I mean, they were related in theme. It was more of a sort of, you it know, was like his, his anthology sort of a deal. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, he, he told himself three bedtime stories before finally passing out that night. Uh, Josh, I don't I hate to break it to you, but I'm, I'm sorry. It's terminal. Your kid's going to grow up to be a DM. <laughs> that way. Mm-hmm. You know, but I remember uh, I got my first beginnings uh, when there was one night where I was pretty tired and I decided to tell myself a story. And my dad came in 
all thinking he's hot shit and whatnot, trying to tell me a story. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, pops, from here. And that's going to be his origin story. Yep. And the little boy from that story, C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I used to tell the my lion story, is my Jesus, stories of Dad. Aslan when I was five. <sighs> oh, C.S. Lewis. That's an awesome story, Josh, and I'm glad you're here. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk about a lot of indie games with you because there was a lot, lot of cool indie games debuted at this year's E3, so it's going to be really exciting. And uh, real quick, I'm Shay calling in from Japan where we are in the midst of rainy season. Rain every day, all day is on the menu for us. Uh, it has been pouring nonstop the past few days. Congrats. But- it's a boy. Pouring. I have to tell you guys a really quick story. Um, it's kind of become a weekly routine of mine where I tell you guys a funny story from teaching. So uh, uh, I'm going to tell a story that involves pouring. It was the first for me. So I was uh, in my elementary school third grade classroom, and I was in one of the best classes I teach. Just the kids are always super happy. There's some really funny students in there. There's this really adorable girl named Kolha. She's fucking hilarious hilarious is super thoughtful of everybody she's incredibly empathetic and just it's it's an incredible she's an incredible uh little little human but there's this other girl in there and she's really funny girl she's very vocal she likes to get into the english lesson and we're almost done with english um we're almost done they just what they were doing is they were searching for little shapes on a piece of paper and uh circling it and saying how many there were or in English. And after that, they were going to be coloring in the shape. And all of a sudden, we hear a water trickling sound. And we're like, like what the heck? Like, where's that coming from? And uh, I'm not going to name the girl. Obviously, it doesn't matter because none of you are ever going to meet her. But still, uh, um, somehow, this girl starts eating her pants. And uh, she's trying to look around, like trying to figure out, oh, where's the sound coming from? from trying because obviously she's in, and the students eventually figure out that it's her and so she's trying to look at her desk trying to play it off as dead as can and i'm sitting there for a few seconds and the teacher we're, we're all sitting there for a few seconds trying to figure out what's going on <laughs> and i hate to, hate to admit this the first thought in my head was oh her water broke and i was like wait she's too young for that She's, but then my second thought was, oh no, she's pissing herself. So, my reaction was immediately to just loud and obnoxious as I could to try and get the attention off of her. So I was like, all right, guys, let's just uh, yeah. I thought I thought about it. I highly considered it, but I didn't didn't have an. You peed right before that class. It wasn't an option. You're right. Exactly. No, but um. So I'm like, all right, guys, let's let's. Let's. And some of the students focused on their paper and ignored it. Some others were still focused. I was like, guys, guys, guys. And I was like getting super animated. I eventually got all their eyes on me. I was like, let's, hmm. let's do our only three minutes. And they're like, oh, what? That's too fast. And I was like, I know. We got to get it done quickly. And so eventually I got the attention. And then the teacher was able to shop. And I felt so bad because it reminded me of in elementary school when I had a very similar experience to her. And I remember that 
experience kind of carried with me through elementary school and junior high school because there were certain students that I went to school with through my entire uh, my public school career. I don't know if you want to call it that experience. And I had students making fun of me all through up into high school, trying to make fun of me um, having a bathroom accident when I was an elementary school student. And uh, so I immediately was just overwhelmed with those feelings. And I was like, fuck. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting guys. I, through my five years of teaching, I've never had to deal with something like that until, um, until Thursday. It really tested my, my fucking like improbabilities. I was like, what do I do here? What do mm-hmm. I do here? Nope. Her water didn't break. What's the next? Well, her thing? well to save <laughs> could possibly happen now to save her the embarrassment, carrying itself forward for the next month, you pee yourself every day. And, you know, in a month's time to those kids, that'll be commonplace. Uh-huh. That's but, just the thing yeah, you do. Yeah, like, <laughs> that, could, that could have an adverse reaction, Rich. What if, like, my students walk... Yeah. They all start two, peeing themselves. Three months later yeah. and just walking... Oh, this is the class like, where hey, we pee ourselves. <laughs> is it like a Pavlov's dog situation? <laughs> like, whenever they see him, they piss themselves? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just hey, passing by them in the hallway. Shit. Not again. Pavlov's pee pants. It was Pavlov's pee pants. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was uh, potential episode. It name. was an interesting situ- situation. I'm hoping that she's gonna. Okay, I'm sure she will be, but just she ended up coming back to class like the last minute or two, and she just looked mortified. And I, I went up to her and I gave her a elbow. What we do in place of the high five right now, and I was like, "Hey, have a good day." Still looked semi horrified though, but. High fives are back on in New York. We're back to the open mouth, it was, uh, as is Italian tradition. Mm. <laughs> We're back to the the tongue licking. Hey, Tony! Get over here, you fucking Hey, Paul! Polly, come over here and let me give you a little tongue lashing, you big bastard. Polly? What is this, Boston? No, we got Pollys over here. You got Pollys there? We got Pollys. Wow. The city's, the city's bigger than I remember. We got Polly Shore who won't leave my apartment building. <laughs> hey, hey, Richie, what's going on? You're moving down in the world, Rich. <laughs> but hey, he's a he's a fun guy if you can get him to leave. Hey, he was in Biodome. <laughs> Come on, man. No, he wasn't. Was he? Was he in Biodome? Oh, he, yeah, he, he caused some Shore trouble in, in that bubble. Polly Shore. Polly Shore was in every movie from that era. That's true. That's true. Hey, hey Brendan Fraser's a caveman. Oh no! All right, guys. Well, let's kick off this E3 discussion because we have, have a, a pressing lot to need get to through. watch some goof. So, troop now. just really quickly, here's how it's going. I'm going to go from showcase to showcase and mention. I put. I initially typed a few highlights, but it's going to be a lot of highlights from each one. We will discuss what interests us or what importance of the announcements are before we move take, on like, from a showcase. Yeah, right. I'll open the floor to the guy I may have missed. That's easy. I think so. So we're going to get a few quick and easy ones out of the way. First, E3 was largely missing from E3. Or EA was largely missing from E3 this year. E3 was missing from E3. Uh, as they're doing their own showcase on July 12th. However, they did drop some information on the upcoming Battlefield 2042, the newest installment into the Battlefield franchise. The game setting is 
humans dealing with climate change, food shortages, and a few world superpowers still standing. The U.S. and Russia are at war with each other, and DICE is anti with 128-player maps and multiplayer on the new consoles, 64 players on PS4 and Xbox One. That's a half mag. List classes. And, right. And their impressive tech engine to develop some breathtaking environmental effects. Environmental disasters. Now, mm-hmm. Out of the three of us here, I'm probably the one that has had the most experience with Battlefield. I used to be really big into it back in the day. Not so much recently. I enjoy a, a Battlefield 1 a lot, actually, uh, the campaign. Looking at the tech engine, <clears throat> excuse me, looking at the tech engine, it looks really amazing stuff that they're doing with their with their engine mm-hmm. um you know i haven't been as much into first person shooters or uh battle or uh, multiplayer shooters online multiplayer shooters as of late but honestly the, with the the setting that this game has and, and just the the engine it actually has me a little bit interested to at least try the game out i don't know if you got i i imagine you guys are probably not as interested as i am Definitely looks interesting to me. Do you guys have any major I, thoughts about this at all? I like Battlefield just fine. I probably will dip my toes into this. The bigger they make the multiplayer battles, as I commented, this is about a half mag. Um, so we can we have the potential to go bigger. Um, yeah. I, I, I like big sprawling battles like that. There's something almost eye rolly. I think it's really hopeful that it's going to take until 2042 for us to start uh, weaponizing climate change. Uh <laughs> Like I, I don't know it's a how I feel about some, view of the future. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about some of those setting choices, but um, for one, future war stuff is always more intriguing to me. And what I mean by that is when it goes a bit more sci-fi. Uh, like I, despite it being the worst title in the series, I'm a big proponent of Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare, with its wall running and its space fleet week and its stupid robots. Like I, and that might be more indicative of me just preferring things like Titanfall. Like, the more sci-fi and the mm. less, like, pure military shooter it gets, the more yeah. interested I am to begin with. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, honestly, I was really interested in this game until they said the title um, from everything they showed. Um, it looks like a lot of dumb fun. It it, it, look, it looks... I mean, that's kind of what... Battlefield is. Battlefield is, but it, it looked like more of that. A lot of dumb fun. It, it I was I was on board... With the nonsense they were delivering, so. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it looks fun, and I think it's something I will end up trying, trying out. Um, maybe not immediately, but maybe a month or two after it drops, I will probably check it out. Give it a little bit of time to iron out any kinks that it might have. Uh, knocking some of the other stuff that's going to be coming out that's on my plate. But yeah, it looks it looks fun. I I can understand why people are really excited for this game. That there was a lot of hype, hype uh, the E3 trailers and whatnot, and I can understand why. Okay, well next and second, let's quickly mention that Fest showed off the revealed trailer of Elden Ring with a January 2022 release date. Rejoice, everyone! Really excited about this game. There's obviously a lot of people kind of skeptical about this game, and uh, it finally got a, a reveal trailer. Or not, not a reveal, not a reveal trailer. I guess um, didn't show off too much, but at least it's got a tentative release date finally, so people can 
stops games. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I was honestly not that excited given the announce there. The George R. R. Martin stuff really doesn't do anything that's, for that's, me either. Yeah, that's just not a draw for me. Like honestly, I feel like their stories were strong enough beforehand that. Like, what's he adding? What's he really did, adding? Did either of you um, see the George R. R. Martin interview about it? Yeah, and I, kinda... I don't think he's adding much because he doesn't seem to know what it is. Uh, because he posits that it's a sequel <laughs> to Dark Souls, and I'm like, is it George? It's yeah. Um, that said, a lot of the stuff they showed off this time kind of seems like they're taking the right lessons from Sekiro, and like. It looks it looks promising. I'm I'm more excited now than I was beforehand because it 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 seems like they're they're doing some interesting things with it along with like sort of a spirit summoning mechanic a la Pokemon. We're finally getting Pokemon Souls here, or something <laughs> adjacent to that. <laughs> Frankly, it's about time. Um, it's interesting. Pulled it looks interesting. I'm I'm really still worried about it being open world and getting. Oops, all swamps, because I, fucking I Christ, that, that seems like that's their go-to for any open area anywhere in their games. But and I think it's still hub and spoke, and that's just like a buzzword they're using. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, like it sounds from from what they're showing, it sounds like they're still doing dungeons within that that are going to be more kind of traditional it like it's level still design. Hub and spoke, you're just not loading between the spokes. Yeah, which yeah, exactly. So again, like. I'm more interested now than I have been in this game. It it looks like they're going in the right direction, which I was kind of worried that this could end up being just just an abomination, just kind of with My parts level of tacked on all over the place. Is currently that ain't Bloodborne too. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not something that like I'm over like a lot of the internet but uh, there's definitely a level of hype there that i have i think that it's going to be interesting to say the least i think it'll be i think it'll be a fun conversation for drops Mm -hmm. yeah totally all right so let's talk about the massive xbox okay this is where i spent a lot of time preparing for the show to be honest with you guys um we got a cinematic trailer for starfield and the date 11th 2022 which happens to be the 11 year anniversary of skyrim just a little trivia there for you after years of joking that the game was we finally have a tentative date are you guys at all interested in this project i still don't know what it is um i think that was a really bad fucking trailer uh (laughs) i i'm glad they opened with it because it would have been a shitstorm of a closer um, and when I say a bad trailer, like it's this purely drawn cinematic, it, it doesn't do anything to tell me what the game is. And yeah. then the things that Todd Howard later said the game was seemed to be in stark contrast to what that trailer what they were was. showing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they showed a very grounded, like space travel, like what almost reminded me of like early, like when you talk like early, like Star Trek lore, of like we were seeing like where we're at with space travel now bridging to what like Starfleet will become. That's what it kind of looks like. And then Todd Howard, I believe these are his exact words, uh, paraphrased, obviously, that he (laughs) described it as 
you are an expedition, like handpicked elite discovery team that's like Indiana Jones meets the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And then he went on to describe it as Skyrim in space. Yeah, and that was not what the trailer showed. The trailer showed like Kerbal Space Program, but realistic human models is kind of what the trailer showed at the beginning. So clearly that trailer is not indicative of what the gameplay is or what the world even is. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I was, I was so confused by that whole presentation. Like I'm still really excited for the, the game space. And I love space travel. I love astronomy. I love a lot of things involved in space. It, it truly is called the final frontier for a reason. And obviously you guys know I'm such a huge, huge starch. Um, some kind of predisposition to like these kind of things, but Watching that trailer, initially I I got the impression of oh this is this is going to be a realistic space travel game because mm-hmm. when you're looking on the inside of the ship it's showing all of these massive like these buttons and these controls and it's like literally something like a a little bit like a Kerbal Space Program kind of game almost and then you hear taught how and it's like that is not what they just showed it and um yeah i i don't want to say there's a disconnect there but there's a disconnect there between what they were showing and what what they said about it so i don't know um maybe they're trying to be as as they possibly can but i think that having someone talk about what it's supposed to play like and then showing that trailer was kind of a like if they want to be secretive about it, go secretive. If you're like, if you're also, worried about the fans are going to want to know what it's about, mm-hmm. then into it with the trailer than that. I don't know. It was just it was a little bit perplexing. It was it was weird because I it, it was like the like you you're saying Shay there like the the main take for me is that trailer was conveying a different tone than they seemed to be trying to convey when they talked about the game. Yeah, right. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm overall confused. It's kind of the 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 main note. It can, and it's not even the computer. It's just like I kind of just want to see gameplay now because I'm like I want to see gameplay because I don't know what I still am unsure of what this uh-huh. is. And I'm yeah I don't know if if the gameplay is more like the trailer they showed. Fine, whatever. I'm okay with the semi thing like that. I'm worried. I'll play that, it because it's Game Pass Day One. Yeah, I'm 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 again I'm I'm get. Not the same thing, but similar enough. I'm kind of getting brutal legend vibes of like we're going to describe this game as everything but what it actually is, which is not good for the there health of the people. community and everything. Like, I love Brutal Legend. It's an RTS. The fact There's, that they tried to say it was anything but that is insane. There's still a, a large number of people out there to this day that are going to go on the rest of their lives believing that Brutal Legend is an action platformer. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of getting the same sort of vibes of like, we're just not going to tell you what this game is because it's, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they are telling us what it is. I, I, you can't tell from what they've shown us. It's just, we just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely wholeheartedly, if it drops next year, they don't show any gameplay and it's just a Galaga ripoff. <laughs> it's um, it's a card battler that would be the worst that would be the worst outcome i think uh, i 
think I'd, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, they still have a year and a half to show us some more gameplay, which I imagine we'll get at the next latest. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Soccer two heart of Chernobyl was shown with an extended gameplay trailer. This revolves around raiding enemy and monster camps and gathering supplies in the Chernobyl area. Now, it looks cool. It looks. It's not my first choice. I don't think of a game that I would get excited for at E3, but it looks interesting. Uh, to me, it kind of looks like your shooter. Uh, the I like the first stalker a lot. I think this trailer, at least in the first half, kind of had me weary until they got to the back half and started showing the wackier shit because it straight yeah. up looked like a more modern FPS, which is not what the original stalker is at all. Like the original stalker is a survival as survival game with weird shit happening all the time. Um, and I think the back half of that trailer conveyed that a little bit more. Um, I'm interested in what a modern stalker would be. Uh, I, I am especially again, another thing of like, Oh, it's going to be on game pass. Great. I will mm-hmm. have no hesitation for checking out a new stalker. If Microsoft's just going to hand it to me. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, hand it to you with your monthly subscription, but yes. The thing yes. I'm paying for anyway, you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like me yeah. paying that $10 I pay every month is a lot different than me having to pay a hundred and like $240 on all the games that are dropping that month that stalker two comes out. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Cool. Well, exciting news for me. Fans of Zombies and fans of Left 4 Dead 12th is the release date of Back for Blood, and it will be available on Game Pass. It is slated as kind of the spiritual successor of Left 4 Dead. I'm really excited for this game. Obviously, you guys know my affinity for zombies, so not much to say there. I'm just absolutely excited um, we get a we- date, and it's this year. Do we know if it's cross-play PC console? Because I very much want to play with y'all. But I know... Mm. Uh, I'm not sure. Don't think I'm not sure. While said, you guys are reflecting on it, I'll look it up. I don't think they said this conference, but I could have missed it because there was so much going on this conference. Uh, yeah, my, my reflection on Back for Blood, I still think it looks really good. I think uh, we talked about this a little bit in WhatsApp during the week. I'm actually more excited for Anacrusis at this point, uh, which is another Left for Dead-like that kind of has like a 60s, 70s sci-fi vibe to it instead. Like you're on a a spaceship and it is very much that 70s sci-fi aesthetic. Oh, yeah. Um, and it is hordes of like zombie aliens. That that doesn't detract from the fact that I think Back of Blood looks great. I just think the aesthetic of Anacrusis is a little bit more refreshing. Yeah, I really dig that 70s sci-fi, like the Barbell, Barbarella vibe. And it's not a a thing that's been done to death in games. Yeah, like, honestly, the only thing I can think of offhand that did it at all is Headlander, which is a great Metroidvania. Headlander and the XCOM XCOM FPS that nobody talks about, XCOM Mm -hmm. The Bureau. Yeah, Mm. it's just, it's it's a cool aesthetic. Um, We got to bring back those shag carpet rakes. It's it's something we need in our lives. Bring back yeah, all the uh, the big oblong shaped chairs and mm-hmm. weird architecture. I mean, every, everything's making the 2020s, so wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! And uh, speaking of, Back for Blood is cross uh, play with everything. Good PlayStation, oh. Xbox, and PC. Excellent. Well, boys, that means the three of us will have to be doing a stream of that game. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. No, that's that's a good call. Like 100%. I've been kind of anti cross play for like competitive shooters, but for any of the co op stuff, co op stuff, yeah, co op stuff, absolutely, all day. Put that in there. It needs it needs cross play. Um, the whole point is getting together and having fun with your friends. You shouldn't have to be on the same platform for that. Fuck yeah, I am. I'm in. Then we'll we'll have to set that up when that game launches. Uh, we we gotta we gotta all stream that together. That would be a really fun one. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, Contraband was a new game debuted at E3 this year. It takes place in the 70s. Known to be a co-op smuggling adventure game. Uh, not much was revealed on it. It was more of a cinematic uh, reveal trailer than it was a a trailer. But it's mm-hmm. cool that there's something new in the works, I guess. I think uh, they didn't show much of it beyond the cinematic trailer, like you said. But Josh and I were getting a little hype from it, just at the prospect. Um, and it's from Avalanche, the people who made Just Cause. Um, and I, I was listening to the Nextlander podcast this week, and the, the old Nextlander boys were saying what I, I kind of vibe with. Like, They didn't say what this game is at all. But like the prospect of it basically, and I feel like we're going to start to see a lot of these of taking like the GTA heist mechanics and making like co-op games based off that. And me just thinking, okay, so like co-op just cause heists sounds great. Like, yeah, yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah. Again, we didn't see enough, but just the concept, the concept alone is promising, is really promising. And, um, I've, like heists in general have always kind of been my jam, especially in gaming is like, honestly, one of these days we're going to have to go back and play some Monaco co-op on stream. Cause, oh my God, I love that game. Um, it's just, it's mm. that, that sort of trying to pull off a heist thing Even, together. I, I played is a lot so of cool. payday back in the day. Uh, payday mm. had some great fucking, Great ways for you to blow a heist for everyone else involved too. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. tr- just uh, ama- amazing, amazing stuff there. There's so much potential. Yep, absolutely. I would agree with that. Yeah, I don't have too much more to say on that. Sea of Thieves is a pirate expansion, and it will feature some elements from Pirates of the Caribbean, including Jack Sparrow. How are you doing there, Shay? Uh, obviously, we. <laughs> Uh, was that was that your impression of uh, Johnny Depp doing Jack Sparrow? No, he's here. He's in the room with me. Hmm. Okay. That sounds really uncomfortable, Rich. Call My the police. Call the police, Josh. <laughs> I can't. Hide. No. Um. W- of course, we've talked a lot about this game in the past. We're all big fans. Well, not Rich as much, but uh, Josh and I really. Um. It's been a while since I played it. And this is a good reason to get back into it and check out all the new content that they've been dropping recently. For a good to it's stay been away, a while. depending on how you feel about certain aspects of it. Yeah, I, I kind of I got into this on the stream at the time, but like a lot of the new content they were showing looks really cool, like gameplay wise and whatnot. And then like at the end, they're like, I'm like okay, a lot of the stuff looks Pirates Pirates of the Caribbean ish. But like it, it not enough that anyone would have called them on it had they done it regardless and then it's like oh it, it actually is pirates of the caribbean and i'm like oh that's that's somehow slightly less interesting now um because you're not going to see a different take on it you're going to see you know the curated this is on brand 
Disney take of of some of these ideas and like I don't I, I don't know like I, I kind of I I don't feel like they're gonna be super stifled but I don't know like I was more interested it, it, until well, I saw it was said, a tie-in. That's fair. I I think it's cool when Sea of Thieves always gets more more content is the biggest complaint. And it's still a big complaint that a lot of people who haven't played the game recently like to tell, oh, there's not enough to do there because there's a shit ton of stuff to do in that, um, especially now. But yeah, I agree. Anytime you get Disney involved, you don't know how much creativity is being stifled. Mm-hmm. But now they can have Spider-Man in there if they want. <laughs> I suppose that's true. But only on PlayStation. Uh, 12... <laughs> intriguing it's a time loop looping puzzle game starring daisy ridley willem dafoe and james mcavoy it will be available on game pass on 18th that's coming up really soon guys but um i've noticed there has been a big recent surge and i don't know if this is just because we're seeing more and more games seeing a lot of games in the past few years really uh explore the time loop mechanic obviously the indie game minute um josh has played some other ones that he's mentioned in the past that i'm forgetting the name of at the current moment in time um there have been games in the past too like the misadventures of pb Winterbottom or or brave um, that have done it as well but (laughs) chrono pies um but yeah this game looks interesting it looks uh a step uh, obviously a noticeable step up from an indie game has some big name actors and actresses involved in it. it looks like a lot of fun to be I'm really fair, I think it gets a excited. pass. I'm oh, sorry. Um, I, I think it gets a pass on the um the, the time loop getting stale thing because this game's been in development since like 2015. Like I think we first saw footage of it in 2015. It didn't have the 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 voices and stuff attached back then. But yeah. I also don't think it was an Annapurna joint back then. And it Annapurna was a much is a smaller studio first, yeah. so like them getting talent makes sense, and I think it's cool. I'm, I'm I'm interested to see what Willem Dafoe is yelling about. Yeah, no, I think the the idea of a time loop narrative game is cool. Like there have been a ton of time loop games based on mechanics and and a ton of other things, but one specifically based around narratives is. Uh, I mean, so like you need I... to get as much information as you can during the twelve minute like Groundhog Day scenario. Yeah. To figure out how to come out of this i'm like i'm curious i'm because like strictly narrative the only one i can really think of is something like uh um oxen free but that one the entire game is the loop uh which is like it doesn't seem like a time loop until you've played the whole thing and you have context um where spoilers but but like what they were showing off earlier on was a whole lot closer to like the sexy brutale as far as like solving puzzles of how to avoid a murder during a smaller time loop sort of a deal. Um, and so it's kind of been curious. I've been curious to see where it's actually going to land when the thing finally drops, as far as how it feels um, to play the thing, um, them getting a whole lot more money behind it. It feels like we're not going to know until it's actually in our hands. Exactly. Like they've, they've been throwing more money behind it, throwing, you know, names at it. So it seems like the focus is really the narrative here. Uh, And I'm curious to kind of see that take on 
on that sort of an idea of, of playing in a time loop. Yeah. Yeah. I think that has the potential to play a lot with perspective, obviously, because you're going through multiple time loops. I, and I would imagine this would be a lot of sense where they try and get you to perceive things one way when actually it's, it's, uh, it's happening and unfolding in a different way. But because of the time loop mechanic, they'll be able to manipulate your perception until they decide to fully reveal the entire picture to you. Yeah, I always think even if it's if if it's uh, overused, I I don't really care. I always love that kind of stuff. The the only thing I'm, I guess, worried about is like the closest thing I'm thinking of as far as the way they're presenting it is something like her story where it's not a time loop, but completely out of time seeing bits here and there. And you have to piece the story together on your own. I'm slightly Mm. worried that it might be something. I I don't know. Like it's, it's hard to tell, but like, I'm, I'm slightly worried that it's like something like, Oh, you you get what the story is supposed to be near the beginning and can kind of really skip to the end or something or which that the, the the filler is superfluous. Yeah. Or, or it, yeah. Like I'm, I'm worried that it might be something where like, okay, I see where this is going and you're, you end up stuck in that loop because the character has to have the realizations on their own sort of a, a Whereas thing. You've, yeah. You've known what's going on for a fucking hours. Yeah. Now. I'm worried about that. That's, that's the th- main thing I'm worried about in a narrative time loop game, because again, in, something like her story, you, you come to those realizations and that is the gameplay moment. Like you now know how this thing happened. You're drawing the conclusions on your own. Yeah, exactly. And I'm worried about in a more mechanically focused game, how that'll play out. So like, mm-hmm. it's, it's something I'm, I'm still really curious about, but it's got, there are some pitfalls they need to avoid for it to really land. Sure. Uh, Josh, I know you'll be happy about this site footage was finally shown and has a release date of August 25th. So pretty much a week after or six days after 12 minutes, Josh will be too. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, I'm, I've kickstarted, I kickstarted this forever ago on the, well, not kickstarted because they've got their own company that they're. You funded the whole game on fig on fig. Um, yeah, I, I, I've backed it on fig as well. Um, which fig is a weird thing. I'm, I'm not going to get into it here. That's completely tangential. But... At a certain level with fig, the, the easiest thing to say is you are no longer backing a game. You are investing in it and you can see a return on it. Yeah. You can back it. Same as Kickstarter, or you can throw way more money at it and uh, be an investor, possibly become profitable on it as well. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's mm. a weird sort of hybrid sort of thing, but uh, essentially crowd sourcing, publishing duties instead of just pre-orders is kind of i guess how i'd anyway whatever it doesn't matter it looked good like they showed a little bit more um i don't feel like they showed a lot more than the last trailer which was a few months ago with i don't think you need to though like having the date out there now to go like we're there yeah the date was the important bit the date was the important bit and uh it looks solid. It looks it looks like more Psychonauts from everything they've been showing. I'm I ready love for brain it. dungeons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. I mean, for 
I know it has a pretty big cult following. So for those who are into the game, it's going to be really good. I think so. That's cool. I'm excited for you guys because I know you guys like that series, especially Josh. Uh, mm-hmm. We finally got more Halo as Microsoft showed off a story trailer detailing that Cortana will be returning. They also announced that it one Game Pass release. Um, we got more information, but a lot more information. I don't really think so. Um, I cannot believe it's a lot. Of, I think there's a lot that has to be done in the development cycle still, because obviously they were um, they had to go back and rework on, on game after their initial release trailer of a lot of people being like, "This is what the game looks like in the future. This is what this game is going to look like." Doing some reworking and whatnot. Um, they also talked a little bit about the multiplayer as well. But yeah, I was I was simultaneously surprised at how much inf- and how much information we didn't get. If that makes sense. I mean, do you guys feel the same? I, I not even like the lack of information about the story. Just I cannot believe we don't have a date. I, I literally can't believe it. It's yeah. It's so weird. Like, I saw some headlines, like, release date revealed for a thing, and then, like, you actually click the link, and they're like, holiday season. I'm like, that's not a that's not a date. Um, that's a window. That's It's a window, and that's iffy. Like, you, you guys counting President's Day in that? Which, uh, which, which holidays? Um, yeah, right? We're going to be releasing it for Valentine's Day for you to get for that special someone you know and love. Yeah. We're releasing Um, it uh, Juneteenth next year. That just became a holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. We needed a window. Um, That's it. Take it. Yeah. I mean, we all kind of expected it then just from a – the amount they needed to fix. It was supposed to be ready from this last year. They obviously needed to change some stuff as far as – like in engine how it renders their their lighting system but like other than that it should have been basically ready so but guys i've been saving all these doritos bags will they honor them i yeah like like rich said i am beyond baffled we did not have a hard date for this game it is it is mind boggling that they were they were not able to say november 15th or whenever the fuck the tuesday is that week like like it's it's it looked good again like the stuff they showed looks like the rendering has gotten better like it's you know all the same yeah. models all the same everything they showed us but it does not look as gray it looked good everything they showed looked good i cannot believe they didn't have a date yeah for real insane. yeah it's perplexing i understand how we yeah i don't get it one of the uh, a lot of people shit on Halo now, but I still think it's one of the biggest Microsoft and to not even have a release date is really confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hey there. Welcome. If you found this, you must be listening to the Chompcast. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I know you're wondering. Well, hey, Shay, tell them about the other podcast. Yes, I know you're wondering, what else could I listen to? Don't forget the other podcast. 
what else could I possibly listen to from these guys? Shut the fuck up. I'm about to tell them. As I was saying, if you want more content from us and you want to hear us talk more about video games, head over to SoreChomp.com where you can check out our other podcasts such as Chomping After Dark, a spoiler cast that deep dives on various games and movies, and Evoking the Sublime, where Shay breaks down the history and creation of a video game, often paired with interviews from various developers. Thank you, and enjoy. Okay, just a little quick behind the scenes. Um, the first part of this show, uh, there were some technical difficulties due to my end, uh, my audacity quit recording because of storage space on my computer that is my fault so if the first part of the show sounds a little bit rough i apologize in advance uh that was completely my fault um i apologize but we're gonna get back into it now um we left off because we just took like a 30 minute break it's gonna sound like we didn't take a break at all but we just took a 30 minute break to fix all the technical issues and whatnot but we are back in it um we are going to jump right back into the xbox and bethesda showcase uh just for the guys we just recently talked about halo infinite um for those of you that that love diablo we got a look at diablo 2 restruck resurrected however the fuck it's called resurrected with a release date (laughs) of september 23rd i'm not a big diablo guy so it doesn't really concern me rich i'm pretty sure you're a pretty big diablo guy i'm a big diablo Diablo 3 at the time and i don't care (laughs) uh josh and i kind of shared this on stream i don't really give a shit like um diablo 3 for me like diablo 3 in the state it's in now improved upon everything diablo 2 did I I don't need to play Diablo 2 again. I'm just interested in what Diablo 4 is. Yeah. Um if I wanted to play Diablo 2, I could I would have been fine playing it in the state it's in. It was still I, playable. I, yeah, I, and I, I it's cool, I guess. I also don't have a lot of faith after their last uh one of these little ventures because that Warcraft 3 remaster is fucking terrible. Yeah. I imagine and it, I've made not the original it since worse then? on the platform. I'm yeah. They'll eventually get that there, I hope. But honestly, since they got Activision has fucked that company over so fucking royally that it's 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 sad. It's it is legitimately sad seeing where Blizzard is now. Um it, like this game is kind of that to a T. Like, let's remaster a game that's. I mean, granted, it's pretty old at this point, but it was still playable because Blizzard, before this, made sure these things made were sure playable. it was playable. Um, but now we need to re-release it and get more money for it. And I don't care. I do not care at all. Like, Diablo Two is great. I do not want to give them any more money for Diablo Two at this point. Like. I am Blizzard is one of the Blizzard and then that that mer- the merger with Activision is one of the most depressing stories in gaming in like in the medium as far as how that company has gone since then 
from like one of the most quality minded developers out there to, to an arm of to Activision. An, yeah, to another fucking games as a service juggernaut just monsters. And it's like it was all predictable because WoW was just the biggest game as a service game, but still was great because of the care and attention put into it. Somebody seeing that and deciding we need to own it turned it into exactly what you'd expect from that from that situation and uh, man, it's depressing. It's so depressing. Um Lost Vikings yeah, I know. is pretty I know cool. I know you're such a big advocate of Blizzard. You've been over the years, Josh, and uh yeah, I imagine there are a lot of people out there who feel similarly. Um, I know there's still a lot of people into things like Overwatch and uh, World of Warcraft and whatnot, and they still want to give Blizzard the benefit of the doubt. But I knew as soon, for me personally, as someone outside looking in, uh, seeing Activision acquire Blizzard, I did not think was going to be something that ended well. And granted, the story's still being yeah. told, so we can't just say, like, write them off completely. You never know. Um, but so far, a lot of yeah. their um, recent ventures have been misses. I mean, Activision's owned them for a long time at this point, um, but only recently as those ripples like really felt like they've been impacted. Like the, by recently, I mean like the yeah, last few, few bit of things they put out and their support for those things. Diablo right. Four is kind of like the last case study for me. Like if Diablo Four comes out and it fucking sucks, then I just don't know what Blizzard is anymore, and we're a Dreamhaven yeah. podcast now. No. Yeah, I mean, like, I I love Overwatch, but just seeing over the lifetime of that game, the direction they're going with everything. I loved Overwatch at launch. I loved Overwatch a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's just, it's, you can see everything they're doing is heading towards, this is going to have a battle pass. It's going to be more Destiny-like with grinding over just stupid fucking shit endlessly. We're putting PvP or PvE in there, which not that's a bad thing, but it's spe- it's going to be login bonuses, making sure you're there every. It's, it's everything wrong with this fucking industry is headed straight fucking towards that game, and it's it's been it's been obvious for the last couple of years that that's what's happening. And it, yeah, yeah, it's sad. It's yeah, just another really one of those. Sad, so yeah, another one. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> DJ Khaled, DJ Khaled, Khaled. Uh, at the Overwatch Grand Finals. Let's move on. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think any of us here are really excited for Diablo two. Um, but I'm sure there are people out there who are. So for them, yeah. I'm happy for you, and hopefully it's good, it's a good for game. those people. Me yeah. too. Me too. I mean, Diablo two itself is great. Again, I, I'm kind of with Rich. I feel like three really did improve a lot of things from just the gameplay aspects of that game. Um, Not at launch, but later. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I, I hope it's good. I hope it's good for everybody who's still interested in that because it's a solid game. Yep. We'll check back in six months and then see if it's if anybody like see the general public perception. But Josh, I know you're really excited for this one. A Plague Tale Requiem, a sequel to A Plague Tale Innocence, was announced for 2022. I don't think a lot of people expected that sequel. Um to be announced and yeah we're getting a sequel that's really exciting i am super excited for that because 
the game was kind of set up as a I wasn't sure exactly where they were going to go with the sequel to it, but it was definitely set up as, like, this is a world we want to come back to and do more with. And I was just in love with the first game. It's it's kind of wonky and does a lot of things that kind of, you know, focus interactive games do with, you know, their limited budget, but some, you know, but still a lot of heart going on. Like, there's there's some wonky stealth mechanics in there that are kind of, great in theory sort of stuff but every, right. everything they showed going forward seems like they're time skipping ahead five-ish years maybe um they didn't say but you know ballpark um sort of a thing and giving us more of these characters once they're a little more grown up um i am absolutely ecstatic that they are getting to do this because it is it's a it's a it's a small game like uh again focus kind of deals in small games so it would make sense that they'd continue that but still the idea that you know they're getting the chance to come back to this world and give us more of it is i think awesome. it's i i think it's so rare to see smaller developers like this get such a quick second chance to not a second chance that's not the right word the opportunity to this is your last chance of playing it, with a second opportunity is what i was trying to say that's really mm-hmm. exciting and i yeah i i've been meaning to sit down and play the first one i just haven't prioritized it and now i definitely think i have to uh just by the announcement of a sequel to me that's yeah. like all right this game's legit let's check it let's check out the first one i was really late to the party on this game but i absolutely adored it um, so much so that I, it was one of the first reviews I wrote for the site once we got reviews up and I wrote it like a year after the game was out, but I just liked it that much that I just had mm-hmm. to get my thoughts down. Um, the rat tech is good. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a, it's such yeah. a unique I'm excited. game. Like, I, I love it. I'm, I'm excited to see more of it. I'm excited to sit down and play it so I can discuss it with you guys. And then all three of us will have. An yeah. opinion going into the sequel when it drops. So, really exciting stuff. Totally. Uh, we got another look at Far Cry 6, which honestly to me is looking great. Um, it's looking promising. Uh, I played 5. I was not super keen on that game, but this game's looking really good, to be honest with you. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I'm, I'm kind of sold um, on this game at this point. It, what's hilarious, actually, is Josh and I said during the Xbox showcase, because this was also shown during Ubisoft showcase, Right. The best trailer for it was in the Xbox showcase, not in Ubisoft's. Like, yeah. the Ubisoft trailer <laughs> was not great, and this is the only trailer I've seen for the game so far where I'm like, that looks fun! Yeah, absolutely. Like, they, Ubisoft have really focused in on uh, the whole, oh man, everyone Giancarlo loves our Esposito. Far Cry villains. Uh, and granted, they've got a great actor to play their new Far Cry villain. As someone like, currently rewatching Breaking Bad, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> that's not yeah it's gonna that be that interesting to I, me i, like, I wanted to see what the game was about get into it yeah yeah it, yeah it looks like a far cry the setting is far more interesting to me than what five was uh five's villain Same. fell completely fucking flat for me and I, I just don't like five if you do more power to you it just it kind of did absolutely nothing for me it's got some of the best shovels outside of shovel knight <laughs> yep 
Yeah, well, you know they're. It'll be exciting. <laughs> It'll be exciting. Animal Crossing is really good shovels. It, yeah, yeah, those are pretty good shovels. Atomic Heart is a first-person shooter that takes place in an alternate reality where the Soviet Union has already developed modern and future technology in 1955. It will be available day one on Game Pass. Now, when I when I was reading about the announcement of this game, because obviously I didn't get to watch a lot of these trailers right when they dropped, I was like, eh, whatever. And then I went and watched the trailer, and I'm actually really into it. I'm really into the look and the vibe of the game. I don't know if it was the music doing the heavy lifting in that trailer, but I'm really interested in this game for some reason. I don't know how you guys feel about it, though. How do you guys feel about this I don't this remember game? this at all. Really? Yeah. Um, it kind of has... How do I describe the visuals? It's a little bit like, visually a little bit like uh, Fallout or Outer Worlds a little bit in terms of uh, the art direction. And um, the trailer has 1950 music, 1950s music playing, obviously, and you're just shooting a bunch of uh, AI and robots and stuff like that in these. Oh, like, clean... I'm sorry. I think I missed the title on this one. Atomic Heart. Atomic Heart. Okay, yeah, no, I, I've actually, I brought this up on the podcast before. I've been following this game for a long time. Um, the, your Fallout comparison, I guess, is what threw me. Uh, like, because they've been kind of equating this as like a Bioshock uh, successor. Like that That's sort of probably a better vibe. comparison there, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm real excited for this. I, I think you, you lagged a little bit on when you said the title initially, and I thought I heard something entirely different. But yeah, Atomic Hearts, I'm, I'm real stoked for yeah yeah it looks good it looks intriguing i'm i'm wanting to see more about that game for sure mm-hmm. um sorry a little bit of sad news as aiden chronicle 100 heroes the game from the devs behind sweet code in one and two has been delayed until 2023 but the other one's still coming out next year and man do those games look right up our alley guys i'm really um, I was excited when I saw stuff about it on social media. I was excited when Rich was talking about it, and I am excited now. I'm really excited for those games. Well, I got some news for you if you're real excited for this game. You should go play a little game called Sakoden, <laughs> which is this game. I've, I've heard those are good. They're, I don't know if you've heard this, but some people would say uh, Speaking of 2 is maybe one of the best JRPGs ever made. Um, that's just you know some stuff I've heard. Uh, yeah, they, they announced to backers, like, right after that trailer went live about the, um, the action RPG coming out, so I, I will be getting that for free as well. Oh, that's cool. cool. That's I didn't exciting, know it was, dude. I was curious I don't, where that, what was happening with that, because it was a new game I don't know if every there. tier is getting that. I don't feel comfortable saying how, I gave these people okay. a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah, it. I was curious about that because it seemed strange that oh, we're working on a different thing. Like, are you are you now? We we, we still haven't gotten the thing we backed. But yeah, like, no, I I will be getting that. I, I can't say that every okay. backer gets it. I'm sure there might be certain tier cutoff. But um, yeah, but yeah, I've been told I I will be getting a code for that as well. Yeah, I, up updates would be welcome there because I. Some of the spin-off games that have just kind of appeared for backers, like the a lot uh, of the time you, like you do the, get the, the bloodstained uh, mm-hmm. spin-offs where they're like, "Oh, 
Like, yeah, we're making this thing. Like, we kind of want to test out systems, see how stuff works. What if we made one that's, like, exactly like the NES-era Castlevanias? And, like, that was great. That was absolutely great. Um, Some people would argue it was better than the... um. Yeah, yeah. The so final I, game. I'm, so much so that that one is now getting a sequel. Exactly, exactly. It's really cool. So I, I was kind of curious what the the backer experience of that was, but it looked really cool. I, I thought that was a neat-looking thing out of that world. Um, yeah, the uh, the backer experience for this game has been really great thus far. Like, there were straight-up votes um, at points in, like, the, the backer tiers for that where they were trying to decide who, like, the last three heroes would be of the 100 heroes, and we straight up like got sent character designs and got to vote on who made it into the game. Like that's we're cool. giving character designs and like a, a description of what their class was. Yeah, that's really cool. That's cool. I just, I was, I was. It always seems strange whenever you see that sort of like spin off off of a Kickstarter thing going on. Like what, what's what's the story here? So uh, I think it's it's mostly done one because they were probably experimenting with stuff, and two them knowing the game's going to take longer than they first perceive. They're like, we got a small team of people working on this thing that we can ship in mm-hmm. a year um, and get in backers' hands and be like, hey, we got some time to work on this, but to get you excited for the world that we're crafting, um, here's a little side story. Yeah. I think I think that there, there are two things to unpackage there. One, it reminds me kind of of Bloodstained, where they released the little, um, was it yeah, the little 8-bit the, the game? before they drop the actual game which is similar to what these guys are kind of doing not exactly but similar and also one of the things i really liked about this reveal was even though they're delaying it they showed some stuff off and granted they're an indie developer there's not as much quote-unquote assets going into the game or whatnot so it's probably a little bit easier for them to do that but that's still fucking cool that they're like, hey, we are delaying the game, but let's still give you some reason to be excited. And of course, they got to do that. I, I know some people would argue because they're an indie developer or an indie studio or whatever you want to call it. Um, th- they need to draw that, generate that hype still. Um, I, I know some people would argue that, but I still think it's awesome that they showed some gameplay, even yeah. though they're like, hey, we're sorry. There's some complications that arose, but still check this out. This is what we've been working on. I thought that was the perfect way to do that. Whereas you compare it to something like Halo, and I know some people are going to be like, well, they're not comparable, but uh, suck a dick. Um, Where Halo Infinite (laughs) showed a story trailer. They told us a little bit, like next to nothing. They showed us no gameplay. And then they said, hey, this is everyone's favorite hero. There's not even a date. Right. So, I mean, like, granted, they're not entirely the same situation, but to me, it's just like when you compare it, those things that happen in the same conference, even if it's a minor game that not as many people are going to be hyped about, it was the right move. And I just, I respect it. That's all I'm trying to say. So, yeah. I'm very excited for that game. Yeah. I me can't too. wait to get hurt again. <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. Um, Outer Worlds 2 had a hilarious trailer. You should definitely watch that if you haven't. I'm saying it to the people because I know I'm I'm pretty sure both of you guys watched it. Uh, That was a hilarious trailer for a game I'm not interested in at all because I did not like the first Outer Worlds, which uh, was probably one of the bigger disappointments in the five years I've been doing this podcast that I didn't like it, even though I wanted to desperately like that game. Uh, But the trailer for Outer Worlds 2 is awesome. And if you like the first one, probably a welcome announcement for you out there but um 
Yeah, I really liked that trailer. It was funny. It was very self-aware. I appreciated it. Money well spent. It felt weird in context. Josh and I were kind of making fun of it because of all the places for a trailer like that to pop up is Microsoft's press conference, where you're like, every trailer that will follow this and every trailer that preceded it is the thing you're making fun is, of. Is doing the same thing, but not tongue-in-cheek. Um, yeah, it was, it was weird in context. Like, I feel like seeing that trailer just out in the wild is really good. I, I think it's a solid trailer. Um, Shoved yeah. into that hour block of Microsoft stuff, it felt weird. Yeah, it's really awkward. It was, it, it was really awkward at the time. Um, I, I like Outer Worlds, I think, more than a lot of people. The ending sucks. The, the ending is just a train wreck. Where it, it's, it's a like, bad ending, but I think the road there is pretty good. Like it, it palatable, bite-sized Fallout is a-okay with me. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm curious to see what they do with that world, but, like, honestly, the ending kind of... The best ending is the Zero Intelligence ending. The, it's... It, the ending kind of felt, honestly, the way this trailer did in context of it being in a Microsoft, con you know, conference, as far as, like, okay, like, we get it, this is really anti-late-stage capitalist sort of a setting and whatnot, but also maybe right. keep giving us money is kind of the way the ending felt. Like, everything else is just as bad, sort of, like, just dipshittery. So why not spend your money here? Um. So, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, just... I'm I'm worried, but I guess optimistic. I still want to see more of that world. It was It was a really... It was a cool setting. Um, yeah, I, my, my one hope is the first one, I think you guys kind of, um, emphasize the point of why I didn't like it. And I don't, I don't think I realized it until now fallout to me was always granted since three. Um, obviously I never played the original first two games, but, um, three new Vegas and fall, even fallout Four, very much these immersive worlds where i feel like everything there's potential in everything that you encounter mm -hmm. it's very exciting all the stuff you can do whereas uh outer worlds was kind of this bite-sized surface level version of that and i think that served its purpose for a lot of people who are the opposite of me that are like man <coughs> there's too much in fallout there's like too much shit to do there some of it is just shit that is just a waste of time it's filler and for me that's perfect that's the kind of stuff i like um obviously i've been loving bio mutants so much recently and it has a bunch of filler stuff in there but i really like that um personally yeah um, I, not I to equate it, it as a positive or negative thing mm -hmm. yeah so this this had a much more bite-sized surface to me bite-sized surface level there are of not that. a so, ton of side quests. If you want that, in, then you, yeah. The, that, yeah. My, my problem with Fallout as I got older was if you poke and prodded it too much, it falls apart at the seams and you realize there's nothing underneath and a lot of that stuff. Um, I, I think that's why it's... Like, I did everything there was to do in Fallout 3 at the time. Um, and then Fallout 4, I just kind of was like, eh. I'm not... Like, I think... I still think 3 had more this. substance than 4 though is the thing and like yeah. obviously we're not going to sit here and argue too much about that because this is <laughs> that's, yeah that's like to too big no, that's, a, yeah. that's a premium podcast uh-huh
But yeah, I I see your point, Rich. Like, I think it became more obvious in some a game like Fallout Four, and then Outer Worlds with it yeah. being bite sized and not being able to um, mask it up in all the side content and stuff that you can do, it becomes even more obvious at that point that a lot of that stuff is surface yeah. level. So honestly, I feel yeah, like I, I see your point. Outer I don't disagree Worlds with it. Kind of scale wise was closer to fallout one with like, okay, we've got about as much content as fallout one did. We've got a bunch of big ideas, but we don't do anything with them. But then also they tried to make it feel like it was still something that had been established Massive. for decades. And that's kind of why it fell apart at the end because right. you could tell they didn't have all the things nailed down yet. Um, it it ends when it feels like it's about to open up. Exactly. Right. And right. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm it, glad that for those of yep. you that like the game, we're getting a second one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep the conversation going so we don't stay yes. on this. Appreciate one that. too long. Thank we still you. have so much left to go. We're children and we need to be guided. Yeah. It's okay. Even though, myself included, even though none of us here play the series, Microsoft Flight Simulator is coming to the Xbox Series consoles, and it has a Top Gun expansion releasing in December. I thought that was a cool little combination there. Um, I did a poll a few weeks ago about liking those, or last week I think it was actually, maybe last week, two weeks ago, it doesn't matter, about the like two series kind of coming time? together to do an interesting combination. So this is, I mean, this one makes more sense, and I think it's really cool. And I, I know that we have some fans out there that are big fans of this this uh, game in this series. So exciting stuff! Microsoft Flight Simulator is pretty, and it's cool. Those are my thoughts on Microsoft Flight Simulator. Thank you. I feel the same. Forza Horizon Five has been announced with a November seven release date. I don't get into racing games, but I gotta be honest with you guys, it looks absolutely gorgeous that game looks stunning visually Um, forza games always do it doesn't yeah go ahead uh yeah forza games always do um i played a little bit of horizon 4 back when those games are a lot of fun i'm excited to see that the horizon festival is coming to torment the denizens of new mexico of mexico uh city and destroy their their culture and their architecture Mm -hmm. that'll be super fun for them uh, as the people run in terror from from suvs uh Yeah, those games are cool. Um, they are not my type of racing game. We actually talked about this recently because I like a good racing game where things can get fucked up. So that's my plug once again for Wreckfest. Um, Wreckfest! In my opinion, better game for very specific reasons. I totally get why people like things like Forza Horizon more. Let me let me try that voice with this game. Forza Horizon 5, where you won't pop any pussy while you're driving your car, but you'll be driving through the... Never mind, that doesn't work so well. Just oh. kidding. Sorry. Pop a pussy. Pop a pussy. All right, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, Redfall, a vampire hunting shooter, was also announced. A cool cinematic trailer was shown. Just worth mentioning to you guys that I loved that little robot companion that they have. And if anything happens to it, I'm going to <laughs> shit all over the developers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it better not be killed. This is them arcane that, boys. Like, immediately when that robot came on the screen, I was like, oh my god, I want to play this game. Yeah, must protect. Uh, this is another one Josh and I like squealed with glee for, because yeah. one is arcane, so arcane does good shit. 
Um, and it looks like it's them doing a Left 4 Dead style thing, but yeah. vampires. Yeah. And knowing Arcane and what we saw in that trailer, it looks like maybe like class based with some like Dishonored style powers stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I, cool. Honestly, <laughs> this blew back for blood out of the water as far as like what they were showing there. I'm like, obviously the other was showing gameplay and like it's you know much closer potential here still play both but like thematically and just kind of knowing the devs redfall looks amazing like that that looks like yeah way way more my shit than than what we were seeing from back for blood which looks basically reskinned left modern left for dead yeah like like, it's left for dead like AI a, lot is of, a lot of the enemies they even showed were like, this is just more Left for Dead with what they were showing us. Um, yeah, there are two things I want to say about that, though. Uh, one, Left for Dead and Back for, Lo- for Blood always goes for this kind of arcade feel. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not... I don't think it's going to be as like highly produced as something like this game. This game looks amazing. I, I, like, both, I like the looks of both of them, um, and I'm excited for both of them. The other thing I will say about this is it was a cinematic trailer. It was not an actual gameplay trailer. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. the Back for Blood was. So yeah, it, yeah. it still remains to be seen if it's going to be more of that kind of like hectic shooter that a uh, Left 4 Dead game is, or if it's going to be something a little bit different. More but RPG-ish. with them having five different people kind of running around together, it makes me think, it, and I'm sure for everybody who watched, like a Left 4 Dead style game. Which I yeah. yeah I mean I'm for that as well. I it looks the cinematic trailer was awesome. Um, it had me really excited. I was watching it this morning. I was like, oh hell yeah, I wanna, I wanna play that. So yeah. knowing knowing Arcane, I think it's gonna be more so than Left 4 Dead, a little bit more class based probably because one like the power stuff is very much like them taking yeah. the shit they know, and also like the different weapons and stuff again seem more tooled toward like class types like one character had like a uv gun one of them had one that fired wooden yeah. stakes like i am absolutely playing that character witch. choice might matter more absolutely uh, i want to play that witch i want to play the dude with the uv gun oh oh yeah yeah that looks like an interesting concept to say the least Mm-hmm. yeah i'm excited all right Really quickly, do you guys want to take a break, or do you want to do the Nintendo stuff since we already kind of took a break, and then we can take a break after um, that? I'm good to fly through to the Nintendo stuff, because I have a lot to say about the Nintendo stuff, and we, we, we had a, a break, basically, I guess. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm down for whatever you guys need. Okay, Nintendo's... There were a lot less announcements on the Xbox Bethesda one. That was a massive, massive showcase, because but obviously... They were they a lot ch- better. <laughs> yeah. We'll see that. Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, Nintendo so. show did show a bunch of stuff though, so let's just dive right in then. Uh, first, let's get the cool small announcement out of the way. Kazumi Mishima, I'm probably Mishima Mishima from Tekken was announced as the next Smash character, which is it's pretty cool. A little bit unexpected. I'm excited for it though. He knowing how much Sakurai loves fighting games, it makes sense. Um, I, we predicted this a second before they revealed it live on stream as we were watching him throw Ganondorf into a volcano. And I turned to Josh and said, are they doing fucking Tekken? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we got to watch a million people get thrown into a volcano. They do great with these character introductions trailers. That was awesome. Yeah, that was one of the best. It's just so, it was instantly memeable. They seem, they seem to have a grasp on what makes 
these things really sing. It looks solid. Uh, <coughs> as, as from a competitive standpoint, the fighter crossovers generally kind of suck because they're so ground based. Um, and oh, I think they're great because if you and, know how to play the character in the fighting game, you know how to play them here. Yeah, no, it's it's great from like a character feel standpoint, but as far as like competitive level, Smash is so much more aerial Air-based. game focused that a lot I of the still clean ground ones clock are with kinda, Terry Bogard. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, they're not bad, but like they kind of feel slightly outclassed by some of the Nintendo characters. We'll we'll see how it goes. I'm curious to see how it goes because right. The one thing I did notice is that you can uh uh you can eventually transform into his alternate form, which I think is the devil form version or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember what it's yeah. called. It's been a while since I played Tekken, which seems like a more aerial based form. So maybe they're yeah, they that's kind of that and they're trying to balance it out somewhat. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. But um, the world finally got a look at the Breath of the Wild sequel with a confirmed 2022 release date. Um, I'm 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 fairly excited for that. I obviously still haven't played enough of the first one. Um, I've been putting it off just because I know as soon as I get it, I'm lost to the world for like a month. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's exciting. Josh There's a lot to unpack before the show in that trailer. Yeah, I, I've been replaying the first one um, here and there. Uh, yeah. I wasn't expecting gameplay. Uh, it was cool to see what. Yeah. The, now that we know what the hook of the difference is going to be, is like the addition of these sort of sky islands. Um, Link turned into water and went through a mountain, and he's got a robot. Is a robotic arm. arm. Uh, it seems like it's replacing the Sheikah slate. Like all, he's got his sick phone apps in his arm now. He had a flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally upgraded to that Pip Boy. Yeah, it's it's cool to start to get an idea <laughs> of like what the up. the change is because it's the the thing like the numbered se- number not even numbered like the the actual proper sequel the direct thing sequels. is like yeah. is like Majora's Mask is like this insane riff on what Ocarina is and it's kind of the question of like is that what this is going to be for Breath of the Wild? Mm-hmm. I'm I kind of hope so. Me too, because yeah, I, honestly, I totally. feel like there's so much more creativity in a lot of the this is a spinoff. This doesn't have to be the big tentpole thing that, honestly, they end up being better in a lot of cases. Majora's Mask is one of the best Zelda games. One of the best games, period. They dared to try insane stuff, and yeah. I think it, it mostly works out. Majora's Mask is crazy. The tone is so overtly weird and dark. Um, people are poking and prodding that trailer for things. Josh and I talked about one of the more outlandish fan theories floating around that you were actually playing as Ganondorf in this game, the first Ganondorf. Um, there's been like uh, people poking and prodding it, like when Link did that thing where he turned into water and went through the mountain. That some of the like audio cues in it were from Twilight Princess when you use like the Twilight abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I want to play more Breath of the Wild. Uh, I can't yeah. wait for this. Yeah, like yeah, unrelated. But since you were talking about finally going back through Breath, go ahead and buy that DLC if you haven't. Play the hard mode. Play like it. It really makes so a lot of the a lot of the mechanical choices sing in that game. It's perfect. It's the, cool. the hard mode version of that game is perfect. So Exciting. Yeah. Well, more uh, Breath of the Wild. Can't complain about that. And uh, Nintendo fans also had another reason to rejoice as Metroid news finally came. Metroid Dread was announced as an October 8th release. 
It will be a 2D Hell platformer yeah. and the fifth Metroid game. The first 2D Metroid game in 19 years. A direct yes. sequel to Metroid Fusion. Oh, yeah. Um, it looks fucking great. Uh, here, here's a crazy thing to think, because I started doing some research on this. This game was announced with this name a long time ago. Um, yeah, a very long time and ago. And canceled. People were able to dig out reporting mm-hmm. from Patrick Klepek back when he was at 1UP, and he wrote an article about Metroid Dread being canceled in 2006. Yeah. Yep. Uh but they seem to be trying some insane shit with it, like that sort of robot, like stalker enemy. Um, that looks interesting. I, it kind of made me not give a shit about Metroid Prime Four at all. Like I'm much more interested in 2D Metroid. Yeah, I, like from everything they showed, gameplay wise, like uh, especially like after their conference, they have like uh, their their treehouse thing, and they had tons of gameplay for for yeah. all these things that they showed. Um, it is very much the remake of Retro- of Metroid Two, as it far has as that a same lot of counter mechanic. And, yeah, yeah, a lot of the melee stuff they've got in there, which was a solid, solid system. Um, Metroid Two was honestly great, great. Like the the combat in it was excellent. I think the like the the mechanic because it was a direct remake of a Game Boy game the interconnectedness of the world and the way a lot of the kind of exploration stuff played out. It's not great. They were, they were trying to make it work on a game boy and they did the moment the to moment stuff thing. was great, but yes, exactly. The combat is the best part of that game and seeing them bring back that whole melee to get better, like rewards from an enemy sort of risk reward mechanic is really cool. That was one of the neatest things. And then kind of, on top of that, making it a more horror-themed, life-or-death sort of a game, on top of that, kind of makes those mechanics work even better. I, I honestly think a lot of what they showed really works together well as a whole, and I'm, I'm, I am excited to, to finally play this game. Excited to buy my third Samus Amiibo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. They they announced an amiibo with us too, didn't they? I forgot about that. Oh two yeah, pack. Sam, yeah, yeah. two pack. It's got it's got Samus and the uh, the new robot. I have I bought the cool. Samus. Well, the yeah, Metroid. I mean, the Metroid Two two pack is great because you can use that Metroid amiibo as a shot glass. That's kind of cool. <laughs> but no, that's that's exciting. I I've dabbled a little bit in Metroid, and I know how big of a fan base this has. So. Getting some actual news is exciting. And the fact that it's dropping here in four months. Yeah. yeah. Really exciting. Uh, we got more information on Mon- Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin. It looks like a fun game. The free demo drops next week. Yeah. And Nintendo also announced that your progress will transfer to the full game when it releases. Pretty exciting stuff there. Rich, I imagine you will be all over that demo next week. Yeah, I'm going to check it out for sure. I didn't play the first one, but just looking at what this is, like, there's a lot of potential there um, in terms of, like, this Pokemon meets Monster Hunter sort of vibe. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to, to get my hands on it and see, see what it's all about. Yeah, the, uh, this is another one that they kind of, the, the treehouse sold me on. Like, the, the trailer at 
you know, during the conference was fine. But then watching them play it afterward, that demo looks like it has dozens of hours worth of content in it. Um, so if you are at all curious about it, check that out. Uh, I definitely check the demo out. It's, it's, you know, once that drops, it's going to be free. You can basically see what the first dozen plus hours of the game are going to be like. Um, it is, it is a turn-based Pokemon-esque Monster Hunter thing. Um, and all that sounds like a crazy mess, but everything they were showing during the combat looked, or during the treehouse looked really great. The combat was turned based, but still seemed like there was a lot of actual choices to be made instead of just spamming attack, um, which is, you know, kind of a downfall of a lot of turn based RPG combat. It, it looked solid. The, the game looked really solid I, more more Josh, so than i was expecting will it support the monster hunter stories one amiibo i imported from japan i mean probably great news probably probably yeah i i love we're living in an age where more and more demos are coming out i'm really excited about that because that was something that i really loved about earlier gens like ps1 era so yeah it's I exciting think, i think the demo scene um, is coming also, back okay hmm I think uh, so. Yeah. There was, there's been a, there, there, like you can, if you, if you are on Steam at all, you can go to the main store page and like the top two things are like different collections of demos that came out of E3. Well, yeah, they had, they had year. to figure out a way to replicate like showroom floor demos to, mm-hmm. they, there's no actual show format. And I think it's cool. And I hope we keep doing that stuff. Me too. Me too. Me too. I love demos. Um, jo- or not Josh, uh, Rich, you will be very, very happy or you already are, and you're going to be happy to talk about it now. Shin Megami Tensei 5 got a lengthy trailer that gave a lot of information with a November 12 release date. Hell yeah. Um, I'm actually still, I talked about this like a week or two ago, still working my way through the remake of Shin Megami Tensei 3. Uh, those games are fucking great. Like, obviously, a lot of Persona DNA in there, but the main difference. Persona is always leaned towards a little bit of like a slice of life on top of its grim, dark end of the world stories or murder mm-hmm. stories. Shin Megami Tensei, the mainline series, leans real hard into the. Not only is the world already fucked, the world's already fucking over, and you're just finding your way through it. Yeah, yeah. E- yep. Even I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. It looked really good what they were showing off. Um, the mainline series again because of leaning into that, the. You don't just have a you know random chance or whatever to get things at the end of a battle. You've like you've got to have conversations and negotiate with demons to to Demon, get them in your yeah, party. Negotiation. And it's really interesting. It's an interesting take. Like, what do these demons want now that the world has ended? And it's always been just such a dark thematic note to the and, mainline and it's never series. Obvious. Like a lot of time, you need to learn like demon personalities and be like, it's not so much about like purely giving into them or being convincing it's like Mm -hmm. saying what they'll want to hear because a lot of times your options in those older games and i'm sure it will be the case here is like you keep giving into what the demon wants like they might keep asking for items but Mm -hmm. sometimes if you do that depending on the personality they'll like be like you have no fucking spine man i'm not going with you so why would i follow you whatever the fuck i say yeah Yeah. (laughs) um yeah I'm, i'm excited to see more of that i'm i'm a 
I really like the mainline series. I've not been a big fan of like some of the the, the devil. Oh, fuck, what was the what was the, the devil 3DS? summoner? Devil summoner spinoff yeah. like the DS ones. Those have been eh, um, not as Devil not Summoner. As good, I'm but... not. I'm not huge on. Um, there are plenty of spinoffs I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will recommend until the day I die the 3DS remake of Strange Journey. Um, Strange Journey is one of the best Shin Megami Tensei games ever. Like hands fucking down. Uh, that game's wild. Uh, there's there's a lot of cool ones. That remake of Nocturne. Nocturne is beloved for a reason. Uh, there's a reason that's the one they chose to remaster. Uh, but I can't wait for five. Absolutely cannot wait. Also, for anyone looking for something weirder in the Shimigami Tensei field that's maybe more Nintendo-y, uh, a lot of people always forget about uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which is the Shimigami Tensei Fire Emblem game. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Want to summon a Persona? What dope. if that Persona was Chrome? <laughs> Interesting. Um, it was mentioned in another showcase as well, but I'm going to mention it here a little bit. Uh, the Life is Strange Remastered Collection was announced and is going to be dropping on the switch um obviously it was announced in uh square enix. In the name of the showcase which one was it guys square enix thank you square enix showcase i just wanted to mention it's also going to be coming to the switch as well they they had it on two different um showcases mainly just to say that it's going to be on the switch i never played the life is strange uh games so it's exciting like i'll be able to check them out now those games are really cool they're worth your time they got that they have cool storytelling elements. Um the first one I didn't finish until like a, a year or so after I went back to it because I just fallen off for whatever reason. But I think they hold up really well. Yeah. I think it'll be cool for a lot of people who kind of just miss these games to get to check them out. That's the nice thing about these remasters. And especially with it coming to the Switch, that means it's portable, which can't ever complain about that. Play it in a McDonald's restroom. That's right, as you're crying on break. Um, I have to mention this for Rich. Um, otherwise, he would be remiss, and I would be remiss, and we'd all be remiss. Super Monkey Ball Bana- Banana Mania. That was a fucking This mouthful. is not Let the game I game. thought you were going to Super mention. Monkey Ball Banana Mania was announced and given an October, 5 re- October 5th release date. Monkey Ball's cool. <laughs> How excited are you? Yeah, tepid. Okay, fair enough. Just had to mention it. All right, we'll move quickly then. Also have to mention WarioWare Get It Together, a two-player game, is dropping on September 10th. Fuck yeah! Uh, I love WarioWare. All right, I- and we'll move on from that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you monster. Um, I adore WarioWare. Uh, I've been complaining for a long time loudly that we have. it has been far too long since we got a WarioWare. Uh, this is the first one with co-op, I believe, Dupl- implemented. Yep, yeah, it is. WarioWare, get it yeah. together. Uh, those, they're just so fun. They're so weird. They're so Japanese, uh, I guess is the way to put it. Like, I feel like American audiences kind of get more weirded out by them, but that's just from my understanding, and this is outside looking in, Shay probably even has a better insight to this. The humor in them is like very referential to Japanese culture, but mm-hmm. they've got style and they are undeniably fun. Yeah, I am. Yeah, the, beyond I can understand why. Uh, if um, this, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Josh. No, no, no all right. Um, just, just briefly, Smooth Moves is probably the best party game ever made. Uh, the last one that came out on the Wii is just excellent, yeah. and I've been WarioWare Twisted. It's a great GBA game. Mm-hmm. 
dying to see to see where this is going. Uh, the Switch seemed like it just, just it deserved a WarioWare game, and we're we're finally getting it. Yeah. The one thing I wanted to say is uh, in reference to what Rich was saying a little bit earlier about the humor. I could understand if not a ton of people are interested in these kind of games because they are a little bit more Japanese. And the humor between the two cultures, Western culture and Japanese culture, is definitely different. Um, You know, experiencing it firsthand, trying to explain Western memes to uh, Japanese people is... uh, That would be like... I don't know. It's a it's a whole thing in itself to try and explain what um Western culture is to Japanese people and vice versa. But yeah, there yeah, are no, times trying, where trying I to explain w- that would be like you're the cat in that gif with the lady who's mad at the cat. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now one one of the things that one of my students or not one of my students, my students, um I don't know where they got it from, I should ask, but there are times where I will do some level of dry humor in the classroom. Uh, or I would be sarcastic. Um, and it's very surface mm. level sarcasm because most Japanese people don't get sarcasm. And one of the things I have to do is when I, when I'm done being dry, dry with my humor, I have to really make sure and exaggerate. I'm just kidding. So for example, today, or not today, sorry, this past week, mm-hmm. um, my junior high school, third year students, they were recording, uh, their speeches in the library. And the the teacher the and I, we were kind of helping them out and regulating that. And at the, we do this thing called Aisatsu, which basically said, is like you wrapping up the lesson and everything, uh, reflecting on it if you need to, saying goodbye, a formal goodbye. And then that's the end of the lesson. Um, and so we were doing our Aisatsu, and I told the students, goodbye, everyone. They say goodbye to me. And I said, now get out of my library very straight faced granted we have our masks on and they all looked at me like what the fuck and i was like i'm just kidding and so when that happens they'll laugh and be like oh american joke that's every time i do a, something like that they were like you got oh, us again american white man joke. i got it <laughs> thanks again white devil but no um <laughs> yeah it's 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 always interesting because yeah when i do those jokes it's always oh american joke got it so um it's 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 humorous to me at least but the last uh bit of nintendo news that we got to talk about unless you guys have anything else pressing for the collectors out there there will be a new legend of zelda game and watch containing the first two legend of zelda games and Link's awakening um it's a cool little green style Green, green, like it's like to me, it's kind of like Zelda green. I don't know why it is, but it's like Zelda green plated yeah. game and watch. It's going to be $50, yeah, which is which is sort it of looks like, like a cool little know, design, Robin green, but somehow slightly more serious. So, sort of a business, right. sort of a business Robin green, a tunic green, if you will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, um, I got one more thing from Nintendo, you motherfucker. Yeah. Um, how dare you trounce over the, uh, re- Advanced Wars reboot camp. Oh, oh I missed that. That's right. I totally missed it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I <laughs> fucked that up. Sorry. Uh, yeah, there's remasters coming of Advanced Wars 1 and 2 in a single package for Switch. Um, I'm very happy because 
Advance Wars kind of got the short end of the stick thanks to the success of Fire Emblem over the years. And I think Advance Wars is great. It is the mm-hmm. other intelligent systems tactics game, the more military one. Yeah. Although intelligent systems is not doing this reboot. It is not them making it, but that's fine, I think. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed for Advance Wars Amiibos, everyone. Yeah, like, gameplay-wise, it looks the same um, from what they were showing. Which is it, what I want. Yeah, exactly the same game, plays the same way. Um, honestly, the updated 3D models just aren't as charming as the pixel art to me, but I they're think not bad. they look fine. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the only thing I'll, I'm less excited. I love those first two games. Mm-hmm. I'm less excited about the pure prospect of I could play the first two again and more excited at the prospect of I hope this sells well enough that they're like, we should make a new one. That exactly. That's that's my thought on it, because, I mean, Wargroove was one of my favorite games of the last few years. And it's just, you know. It It, it is a Wargroove style tactics game, and that is something we need more of in the world. Yeah, um, I saw Wargroove's official Twitter actually tweeted about how excited they are mm-hmm. that Advance Wars is coming back. Yeah. I am I am down for yeah. this. Hell yeah. Me too. Me too. I, I feel really bad that I forgot it, but that's why I said if there's any that I miss, these guys could uh, um, bring it up because I knew I yeah, would no. miss something. I wasn't going to let you forget There's a lot that. of games that yeah, um, I slated us to talk about, so I knew I'd miss something. But yeah, that, that one's really, really exciting. I didn't really um, dabble too much in Advance Wars, um, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be exciting to actually check out those games in 2021 i'll get you a a a legal rom of famicom wars oh please please i'm all about legality here um we're gonna talk about capcom really quick and then we'll go on a quick break after that because capcom's was actually a really short showcase um they not too much to mention here they talked about resident evil reverse some more which is a six person character death match and it's being slated as a thank you to the fans for their 25th anniversary of Resident Evil. Uh, it will be free for those who purchase Village, and it drops next month. So basically, you control uh, main characters from all of the Resident Evil games in a six-person deathmatch. Kind of cool. Yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. I'm, I'm definitely up to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, especially because it's going to be the, free for all uh, of us. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like I think PC owners knew that because whenever you like bought it on Steam, it like it it pre gave you the license for the thing ahead of time. Um whereas like if you bought it on console, it, it, this might be a surprise to you. But yeah, no, it look it looks uh it looks neat. Looks solid. Um yeah. I like I kind of going back to it, like I like the mercenaries mode. It's fun, the combat's good. Um Making that into a PvP thing, good enough idea. That's a good enough. We'll see how it shakes out. Idea, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if it's gonna be something that's like got legs on it, but it's definitely something I'm gonna check out when it comes out. Look, it and looks just neat. putting it in a lot of people's hands is the way to go with it. Like get yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think a, it's a cool that's being slated as a thank you as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100. Okay. They also revealed that they just started to work on the Villa, uh, Resident Evil Village DLC. Not much to mention there. Just exciting stuff. More of that game uh, is welcome. Operation here. Ada. Mm-hmm. And uh, the great Ace Attorney 1 and 2 got a new story trailer, revealing the setting to be in ancient Japan, which is a little bit different for the series. Um, well, we knew I that, never got into the Ace Attorney games. games, but exciting stuff. 
yeah, the, these are uh, setting stuff was already known because I mean these are older games that were only J- Japan released previously. Um, it's just the right. first time we're getting them in the U.S. Uh, can't wait to see my boy Herlock Sholmes, but mm-hmm. I, still, I that is the funniest. All right, I'm t- tangent here, but um, after JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, just decided to use names of absolutely everything that was already still in copyright. Yep. Everyone in Japan is has been terrified of copyrighted anything since then and have used slightly different names for everything. If you've ever seen a Whack Donald's in an anime, this is why. Um, Sherlock Holmes has been out of copyright for like 50 years, um, but they still don't say Sherlock Holmes directly almost ever because of that idea. That oh we've got to rename everything. What do you mean? What happened with JoJo? Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, anyway, getting back to it, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure took forever to come to the west to, to the west because because of the every issues. every fucking character yeah. is named after a band. Yeah. Um. But anyway, it's it, it's still funny to me whenever I see like a Sherlock Holmes game with renamed characters because like that's been on a copyright forever. Um, well, well, can I tell you the funny but, part now it, with JoJo is when you're watching a JoJo dub and you can see whatever they change the name to to try and get around it. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I can still hear fucking Jotaro being like, Red Hot the Chili Pepper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looks good. looks solid. It's, it's, more, uh, it's more Ace Attorney. Ace Attorney's great. Uh, now it's got sword. It's not... <laughs> um, I, I'm... Ex- I, these are games I tried multiple times to download completely fell off a truck fan translations, and I'm excited I no longer have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. For a while, I'll still have to do that with the ancient Japan versions of Yakuza. Uh, <laughs> but hey, mm-hmm. life finds a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be exciting for, uh, for those who are a fan of the game. I'm not a big fan of them, but it's cool that they're being re- released into the West. Okay, I think it's a good time to take a break. Um, we all need a quick recharge, go to the bathroom, grab some water. Mm-hmm. We, we've already talked about a lot of games, and I hate to break it to you guys. We still have a lot to go. So We're, we're almost take a 10% quick... of the way done. That's right. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. You there, boy! What news? News, sir! New graphic designs are restored.swordchomp.com! New graphic designs at store.swordchomp.com! That's right, sir! My god! You can get all the designs you want on t shirts, masks, hoodies, even phone cases! They've done it. Those sword chomp boys have brought Christmas early. Oi, sir! This surely will be the best Christmas yet if you navigate over to store.swordchomp.com right now! God bless you, son. God bless us, everyone!
we are back from our break. That's the new jingle I'm writing. Anyways, we got to talk about <laughs> we got to talk about Square <laughs> Enix. They announced a new game, Guardians of the Galaxy. It appears that they are learning from the mistakes from Marvel's Avengers game. Um, I have no interest in this game, but Rich, I know that this is one of your one of the games you're most hyped about from E3. Yeah, um, saying that they learned their lessons from the Avengers is like the, the point taken at the start of this. Uh, this is obviously not Crystal Dynamics, not the same studio. It's Ideas Montreal. But what they have crafted here is a single-player Guardians of the Galaxy game um, that looks real good. It's got a... I, I think they're better towing the line of like the hyper-realistic look of the Avengers game, where it was like, what are these knockoff MCU characters? Like, there's clear inspiration from the movies here, but also more inspiration leaning in from the comic book counterparts. Um, mm. So th the game has you taking over the role of Star-Lord, Peter Quill, and sort of issuing commands to the other Guardians in combat. Um, it, it just, it looks really good. It ships in October, I believe. Um, we saw a lot of gameplay from it. It was kind of the focus of, like, the first half of this presentation. Uh... I am obviously a fucking comic book nerd. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. There's, it's some of Marvel's best stories, is that particular iteration of that team. And I'm, I'm just excited to get that in, in video game form. Uh, it, looks, it looks really fucking good. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything to say about it. Josh, I don't know if you're interested at all. Um, it's similar. I'm not as big into the comics here but yeah guardians of the galaxy is one of the better more, well i'm not gonna say better but one of the franchises i'm more into um and yeah this looks solid it looks solid i'm hoping kind of given them what they've shown us it looks yeah. some somewhere between you know sort of like a Mass Effect ish sort of you know give orders combat to you know something with that's more a of more like action. a Devil May Cry tinge yeah yeah at least from the way they were showing it I'm hoping it's got more of that Devil May Cry combo aspect to it but we'll we'll see we'll we'll see once it gets here it, it, I'm I'm intrigued anyway one more fun note on this one that comboing system seems to be tied to like a record needle drop and using music effectively like a lot of licensed music mm -hmm. as you would with Peter Quill as a character in your thing. Can't wait to see what the streamer mode for this is, where they there's a oh bunch my God. of absolute shit tier uh, music just for them to use, just some you know free yeah, I stuff. Mean, Square has the money to buy like streaming licenses to allow no, no, but people that's... to not do that, but they're not going to. Well, here's but... the thing: even if they did that, that's not going to stop Twitch. Yeah, which is well, the whole point of a streamer mode. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of this, uh, Marvel's Avengers is getting a continuation of their campaign. Um, we're going to be some, seeing some stuff with Hawkeye, and Black Panther will finally be playable in the uh, continuation. So, I know that uh, <laughs> had a few fans come. Well, actually, it's one. I won't name them on the Instagram complaining that when I was talking about some of the stuff that the three of us are hyped for that I did not picture this continue or talk about this continuation of the campaign. So, uh, 
I know there's one person out there who's excited for it. You should have played this and been excited for it, Shay. That's it's all, all it boils me, down to. I really keep trying to play it, and it's really hard to be excited about. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's it's cool that um, they're putting I'm glad some more content in there for those that do like the game. I'm glad that it's still getting some yeah. level of support. I really like the main campaign of Avengers, and then I, pretty much nothing else. I don't even know, like... I, I like your positive take on it for the people who are into it and whatnot. Hope they get more content. But also, like, I hope literally every games as a service flops so fucking hard that we stop getting games as a service as a thing. Like, immediately. Um, just for That'd my own cool. sake. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling less generous. Um, uh, maybe it's because now <laughs> looking at that Guardians trailer and going, wow, imagine if they had done this for Avengers just seems like a much better game. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'll I'll yeah, I'll I'll take the hate on that one cuz I'm I'm All yours, I'm, re- I'm ready to see the end of this trend. I'm I we've we've been in this fucking tunnel for long enough. I'm I'm ready By to trend, see the end. Do of you it. mean capitalism? Yeah. So. Fair point. Hopefully. Speaking of, it's it's not uh, I shouldn't say speaking of. That's not entirely <laughs> the case here. But I will say this. The Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster Collection which uh, was that that really challenged my views on what remaster means? Was announced and I was really excited for it until I saw it's only going to be available for Steam and mobile, which is basically the remaster collection is for titles one through six. Um, forgot. Uh-huh. To, but why is this not available for the fucking Switch? Is beyond me. Um, makes zero sense. Or any uh, console. This release. this seems like. Um. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it should it should be absolutely be a Switch thing, but also for for, for whatever reason, because it's fucking Square again. They decided to redo the pixel art on everything for no goddamn reason again. Um, I I think I've said this in the podcast, but buy this to give yourself license to then go just just get a fucking steal an version of it. Fucking get. Get a fan translation of five. Get like it's. <sighs> I own a fan they're, translation of five better. on a cart. It's totally legal. Stop they're asking. better. They're so much better. Just get like an original version of this that someone has, and then pay them somehow to, you know, even out your karma. Like, why do they make this overcomplicated every fucking time they do it? Yeah, I, I, it seemed like, it seems like a fucking, like a home run or a slam dunk. Like, it seems you like you're being, details. to, to mm-hmm. use a sports reference, because I know how much everybody here loves those. It's like being thrown in alley-oop on one of those, uh, those, what are those, not little tyke, but those little blue, uh, stemmed white backboard, orange rim toy basketball hoops like that's what it seems like in theory but instead of actually completing the alley-oop they try and do like a fucking 360 front flip while they're doing it and and completely miss miss the hoop altogether (laughs) (laughs) and land in a garbage can Uh uh-huh yeah like it's it's such a simple thing just fucking give the games 
If you need to update anything UI-wise, or you need to put a fresh coat of paint on it, I guess do that if you need to, and then make it available for everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, don't, but I'm saying if if they need to, um, but just make it available for everything. I don't... Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Not much positive to say there, unfortunately. Babylon's Fall, a new hack-and-slash game, got another trailer. The developers of Nier Automata, or Automata, um, or Automata, will be working on this game. Um, I'm not a hack-and-slash guy, and to be honest with you, um, the backgrounds looked pretty in this game. The character models looked like balls to me. I have no interest in I don't think I've ever game. been less interested in a Platinum game. I, Yeah. Yeah, no, it's this again going going back to the this is a games as a service type fucking dog shit. Why? Why 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 why? This like everything they'd shown up until this point was interesting. Kind of dungeon crawly platinum games joint like okay, like all that sounds interesting. And then yeah, they gave us the most generic characters I've ever seen in anything, and also, hope you like battle passes, or whatever the fuck else they're gonna try to do to turn this into a games-as-a-service sort of outing. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Not even remotely excited for this one, at all. So, uh, we can move on from that. Feel bad for the people of Near Automata, because... I think that that game, what little I played of it, was fun. So well, everything being, else I don't know if they were done rel- has been just a yeah. home run. That's why it's crazy. Well, I don't know. Team Ninja showed their new project, though. Stranger of Paradise, a Final Fantasy origin, which is a retelling of Final Fantasy 1 with Souls-like combat. If you're not aware of Team Ninja, pretty surprising, but uh, Ninja Gaiden games, uh, the Neo games... Neo and yeah, yeah. So to be honest with you, I know also a lot of people are complaining Metroid about somehow. this. Yeah, I know a lot of people are complaining about this. It looks intriguing. Um, the concept is intriguing. The, the execution, I'm not sure. It had a, like a, it had the typical really corny, over the top anime dialogue that these style of games Chaos. do, which is not a bad thing. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I. I like the concept. I, I don't know if I'll like the, the final product. Yeah, I like the concept when it leaked three weeks ago. I think this looks like absolute shit. Um, could not be more disappointed why? with this. I'm about to get into that. Uh, everybody but Garland... But why, Rich? Why are you yelling <laughs> Fucking at me? tell me. I'm trying to tell you. Everybody but Garland looks like oh, okay. absolute dog shit. Yeah. Um, it is baffling to me that they went with this like weird new metal grimdark aesthetic when there's so much gorgeous art for Final Fantasy 1. Like why like, why would they not use the concept art as the starting point for something like this? Yeah. But instead, you the main character is as far as I can tell Eminem. Yeah. Yeah. He just wants to know if you stand for Square Enix. I I did like 10 years ago. I thought that was a good joke. This is a good joke. I just, I I, like, this is one of those cases and I almost never hope this happens. I hope the reception is so bad that they like, 
scrap the art and start from the ground up because I think it looks terrible. Fucking Sonic the Hedgehog it. Yeah. I gotta be honest, I really want it to succeed just for the sole fact that I like Team Ninja, especially with what they did with both of the Neo games. Um, oh, I hope but... it plays well. I, I just, I wish it looked entirely different. Yeah. Yeah, like, they know how to make a Souls game, but yeah, that art is just somehow more generic than the last generic thing that they were showing. Is is like, and they were working from something that has a lot of stylish concept art. Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody yeah. looked at those Matsuno drawings I, I, and was like, let's use these. I I was going to kind of throw it categorically to us a little bit later, but I think we don't need to talk about it too much because we'll be retreading. I think it's safe to say that Square Enix probably had the most disappointing showcase out of all of E3 this year. Um, a lot of the announcements that I w- was wanting, that you guys were probably wanting, that the world was wanting, <coughs> there was none of that at all. And a lot Wait, of the stuff they showed... Yeah. Um, was pretty lackluster to be honest with you, and the, like the final, the final reveal, like the big reveal, was pretty flat. So yeah, I don't know. No, I did not really Guardians was the only thing I walked away feeling happy. Guardians was the only thing I walked yeah. away feeling happy with, and I think they like the first half of the showcase focused on that, and I think for good reason. Mm-hmm. It was the only real thing worth a damn there when that Final Fantasy game first leaked the the Origins one. Like a week or two ago, I was like, "That sounds dope." And then when yeah. I saw it, I was like, "I threw up in my mouth a little bit." Yeah, that that was the that's. I think that's again. I think what's why you're right about this being the most disappointing, because so many of the ideas for these games sound great, and then they showed them, and they were just about the most boring thing. Like just one hundred percent forgettable, in the way they're presented. It's just like how did they? How yeah. did they not even show an iota of Final Fantasy 16? I don't get that. I imagine that's still a ways off. I am disappointed we didn't see any of it, but I just have to imagine it's a ways yeah. off. Yeah, that's more understandable to me than just... Yeah. What they did show us was kind of so much less exciting than what I had in my mind beforehand. Yep. Yeah, there's just so much stuff that they could have talked about or discussed. Um, any cool reveals of stuff could have happened and just nothing, man. Like, mm-hmm. when is the world going to stop having to complain that there isn't a Legend of Dragoon HD remaster coming? Granted, I don't think that's Square, but <laughs> I'm going to put it on Square anyways. Because, yeah, this showcase was balls. Not a fan. So... It was my least favorite showcase. But let's move right along so we don't shit too much and make this too negative. Ubisoft had its own showcase as well. Uh, There was a bunch of announcements and news for Rainbow Six. Not a big fan of that series, so it didn't do anything for me. I don't know about you guys. Did it do anything for you guys before we move on? Rainbow Six is cool. It's just really hard to penetrate at this point. Um, I think... uh... Their co-op one looks decent. It's it's probably not something I'm going to get majorly involved with, but it looks cool. Um, yeah, not not a whole lot of thoughts on that. Um, I mean, other than new Mario Rabbids, yeah, yeah, it's kind of more of the same. Nothing really there. The worst Far Cry trailer. 
Yeah, like again, like we got into they showed off more Far Cry 6 and I was I was I had completely written it off cuz that trailer was just so boring. Um the next box Yeah, it didn't it. do anything for me. Mhm. But Mario Rabbids Rock- 2. Well, hold your horses. <laughs> we had Rocksmith Plus, which is a new subscription service that plans to take music games to the next level. Yeah. Which no, is that another that game looked for good. service thing. That that it looks, looks promising. Good. The the original Rocksmith, really solid. It's it is a it is a cool way to learn guitar. If that's and something turning you it more into in the market software, mm-hmm. like like this seems more tar- like the original Rocksmith was more targeted as a game. This seems more targeted as educational software, which is neat. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, think, I think I think they absolutely hit the nail on the head. Gifts and guitars as well, which is also cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I think I think. This is the right direction to take that. That that have have it being subscription based and yeah, yeah, it makes sense. mm -hmm. I I think that was absolutely the right call with this. It looks good. I'm not currently in the market to learn guitar, but if you are, this looks like one of the best ways to do it. And I I told Josh I I subbed up to try and get into the beta just because like, as somebody who who knows how to play, I kind of want to see what the tools are like. Like, I kind of want to get a feel for it and be like, is this something that's worth people's time? Like, this seems neat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as Rich was um, saying briefly in there, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope was announced with a really, really cool trailer. Um, so Mario and Rabbids 2 is coming. That first game's great. I'm excited for more Mario with guns. Um... We stand for Rabid Rosalina. Give us Rabid Wario and Rabid Waluigi. You yeah, cowards. that was the only that was the only downside there that we still don't have a Rabid Wario and Waluigi or Waluigi. Um, it's such it's such an Maybe easy someday. thing to do. Like, yeah, give give the people what they want here. Yeah, uh, the the only reason I could see to hold it back is if it was its whole own. Well, they could do it expansion as an expansion thing, kind of like, like the, the first one did with Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the Where only the reason I can Kong see to hold it back is if rabid. it was a whole own campaign. Um, but yeah, no, it, it looks good. They're it looks like they're doing a, st- you know, you're still on a grid, but like more of a absolute movement, like circle sort of a thing for like moving directly to places. Yeah, you're not moving square by square anymore. It's just a straight distance. Yeah, Um, which looks cool. It looks it it looks like it's slightly more strategically based, like which which is good. Like it was a solid game before. It would that it it is a really solid tactics game. Like it only stands to get better. Yeah, yeah. Um, And what they were showing looked slightly more hardcore. Which yeah, okay. It was already good at that seeing where they go with that combat system from there is that's neat. It's, it's neat that they're not just doing more missions of the first game, which frankly would have been good enough because it is a solid tactics game, but that they're still doing something new with it. I'm, I'm interested in. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, Ubisoft also announced avatar front frontiers of Pandora with a cinematic trailer. Now, guys, who thought that there would be a game 
before we got the movie sequel because I did not have that slated at all. This uh, this was announced in 2017. I'm true. I didn't think it was going to be a real thing. <sighs> oh yeah, no, I haven't thought about it since then. Yeah, and, like, no. I'm I'm sure they could make something impressive. I just don't give a shit about Avatar. I mean, I assumed all these next movies were literally only ever going to be produced for the tie-ins. No, there's no movies. James Cameron's laundering money. He makes meth. Yeah, no, that the this game is the movie. This is this is the point of the next what what are there four movies planned or some fucking stupid shit. Yeah. This is the point. This is the point of these new movies. There's children who are practically adults now who get to say things like, "Hey, they're making a they're making a movie for that section of Disneyland." Mhm. Yeah, I what was interesting to me is I know it was announced years ago that we still didn't get a gameplay tra- trailer. It was still a cinematic. Trailer. Oh yeah, <laughs> a goddamn thing. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's for the best given the gameplay for the last Avatar game, which actually I can't even see the last Avatar. But was it Ubisoft that even made the last one? I feel like it was. We're but... talking about the Avatar: The Last Airbender game, right? No, uh, fuck. What even was it? it, was, it <laughs> that was one trash. was equally it was bad. Trash. To be fair. I, 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 I remember playing it during our last podcast, like a decade ago. That it, it yeah. Well, I'm sorry you had to that. do that. I've purged yeah. it. I'm I'm very happy so. if you've blocked that from your memory, but I I still recall just stomping around those swamps again. Somehow, somehow they thought that was anyway. Swamps. Kids love swamps. Everybody loves everybody loves swamps. <laughs> I mean, everybody does love Shrek. To be fair, mm-hmm. everybody loves Grayman. <laughs> the PC gaming show debuted some new trailers. Now, this one I think is going to be a little bit more fun for us to talk about because uh they're and more specifically for you guys, but these are less of the AAA titles, which AAA titles aren't bad. We clearly have had a lot to say, but I think this is where some of the other stuff starts to shine. Uh kind of where where we're going now with the back half of talking about E3. Um I I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Naraka or Naraka? Naraka? Blade Point? The new melee-focused Battle Royale uh, saw a new trailer released, which is a... um, There are no guns. You are using samurai swords and other melee weapons. Uh, Very interesting. Uh, I don't know if I'm in the market for another new Battle Royale, but since this is so wildly different from... Not wildly. Well, yeah, actually wildly different from all the other Battle Royales we've seen thus far, it's intriguing. Um, yeah, like somehow this has been a thing and I've completely missed it. I mean, it looks like serious Ninjago, which, yeah, that, that's cool. Um, it looked, it looked solid. Somehow I've, I've missed this has been a thing. I don't know if it's been a really small beta up until this point with their early access stuff or, or what, but still seems neat though. Yeah. Yeah. It look it looks solid. Yeah. It looks like a lot of fun. It'll be good for you guys to try out. Um, War Tales is a new strategy game where a mercenary band struggles to survive a plague in a medieval setting. Intriguing concept. I, um, I'm not super keen on the game, but I like the concept, at least. I don't know if you guys are, had seen that or 
are at all interested in that game. Um, I mean, not really. I'm. Yeah, yeah it's conceptually interesting, but I, I don't know. It doesn't resonate with me too much. I, I, I think, I honestly, I think Vietnam has the most space to tell a war story that's not so oorah bullshit as, as like all the other nonsense but yeah like it's still not something i'm really the audience for so same same but intriguing concept mm-hmm. ixian sees you taking control of a captain that must find a new home for humanity in space. That sounds really cool, but I don't know if it's more of like a space exploration game, what kind of game it is. I didn't, um, I didn't watch too much of the um, information that was divulged during E3. Do you guys remember that one? Uh, I don't remember this. It's, uh, but it, it, that, that, uh, that setup is, wildly generic is gonna be my takeaway yeah that that was the one with like the big uh they kept showing the gigantic space station like the spinning thing I'll, uh... oh it's yes. that one yeah okay. um it, i mean it looks sort of uh city builder-esque um from what they kinda, showed yeah um this this is another one that i kind of felt the w- description of what they were showing us and what they were showing us was also like they were not the same thing again. I was getting similar vibes with this as far as what they said the gameplay feeling was going to be like, and then what they showed us. Um, yeah, I, again, I, I don't think I'm the market for this game. Um, I kind of liked a lot of what they were saying the game was about, but then they showed it to us, and I was like, okay, sort of like this is not what. I was actually interested in from what you described to me. So, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. That's kind of how I felt similarly. Um, Sift is a stylistic puzzle game cross between Limbo and Abzu. I'm kind of interested in this because I'm I'm a sucker for Limbo and the the stylistic um direction that that game has. And Abzu, this is one I, of the I would play say dead similar. guys, right? Hmm. This is one of the play dead guys, right? I'm pretty sure it is. Let me double check. But um yeah, I definitely interested. Let me double check to make sure. Oh, okay, you guys aren't gonna talk about it. Just wait for me. Okay, that's cool. Oh no no, I'm sorry. I totally um So you broke I up. Mean, I didn't even hear the name of this. What are you talking about? This is the black and white Sift. Oh, Silt? Or Silt, I'm sorry, Silt. Yes. Silt, yeah. You 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 bucked out in the title, so I assume okay. you got it correct. I assumed you were talking about silt from the description, but yeah, like it, it looks really interesting. Um, it's got the limbo, but underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like again, it felt like so many of these trailers were just giving you a lot of the broad, broad stroke feelings of the games and i was on board for it but as far as like how it's gonna end up playing there's just there's just very little information 
Um, so this is something I'm interested in, but, you know, kind of take that for what it is with as little as we know at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, it looks it looks intriguing enough, and I, I, I do think the pedigree is one of the Play Dead guys, because I know they no longer work together. Um, oh, really? I didn't that, know that. That, that. That'd be enough to interest me. I didn't know that they were no longer working together. Hmm. One of them wanted the games to be hmm. underwater, and one of them didn't. <laughs> Fair point. Land yeah, is I'm, where I, I tell my stories, Danny. You're irreconcilable. I'm really excited for this game. It looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, Chernobylite is a survival horror RPG centered around performing a heist in the Chernobyl nuclear power plant, which is such a wild concept. It's a great concept. Yeah, uh, they, we talked about this again on, on stream for a while, but I feel like after Metro, the, the whole idea of, like, you know, shooter but Russian is kind of its own thing. In, like, it's a genre. It, this is one of the, the few RFPS. that kind of resonated at all as far as, like, okay, like, let's do something with Chernobyl, but, like, it's it's not just more metro. Um, interesting, interesting. The, anyway. the high shake up, yeah, I think I think does enough to differentiate it from other things doing this. Yeah. I I can't wait to see more gameplay to see how that shakes out. Yeah, and kind of like I said earlier, like I'm always down for a good heist. That uh, that that's my sort of thing. Yeah, when we're done here, I'm gonna watch Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna watch Inside. Oh, did you say Inside Man? Ant Man. Oh, I'm gonna watch Inside Man. The the greatest With heist tale. Denzel of Washington. Day. Fantastic movie. Hmm. That was a good movie back in the day. Very All good right. Movie. Yeah. So next, <clears throat> excuse me. This is a favorite of our all of ours here. We're going to talk about the indie showcase. Um, I'm gonna do this one a little bit differently. Um, obviously, audience, you guys aren't gonna be able to see this. Uh. This is more for Rich and Josh. If you guys are interested in talking about this game, just kind of raise your hand and I'll stop and let you guys talk about it a little bit because there are a ton of games here. Some of them I'm going to talk about. Um, and then if you guys want to talk about it more, I'll give you some time. If not, I'll just kind of go on to the next game. So first, I want to mention Life Slide. You take control of a paper airplane gliding through various areas of the world. It looks somewhat similar to Flower from that game company, and it drops uh, in August of this year. It looks a little bit like a racing game. Uh, it's it looks kind of cute and charming. I don't know if it uh, is a lot. I would assume it's a shorter game because it simply is like you literally are gliding as a paper airplane. You can upgrade your paper airplane in terms of stability and stuff like that. It looks really charming. It looks fun. Like a, like a three to five hour sit down and play kind of thing. So I'm intrigued by this game. Yeah. It looks stylish. I, I remember seeing that one. Yeah. The world saw a trio of space bound strategy games from hooded horse. The three games are Terra Invicta, Falling Frontier, and Alliance of the Sacred Sons. Um, I dubbed this E3 as the year of spacefaring because we got so many spacefaring-style games and um, space exploration, space, space management, all sorts of stuff. So I'm kind of here for mm -hmm. it. I'm excited. This is going to be the year of space for us, guys. 
I like space. Outer space? <laughs> I inner like space. inner space. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fallen Aces is a cel-shaded noir first-person shooter that takes a lot of inspiration from the original Doom games. I am really excited for this game, personally. Um, it looks super stylistic. I am a sucker for cel-shaded um, stuff. I'm a sucker for noir stuff, and I'm a sucker for Doom-style gameplay. So this is all speaking right to me. I'm really excited for this game. I don't know if you guys remember it, but it looks charming as fuck. Yeah, it's kind of got that cartoon cell sort of style to it. Um, yeah. Yes. Not really something I'm in that interested in, but it doesn't. It doesn't look bad. It just doesn't look. It's not speaking to me on a on a add add this to your 200 game backlog sort of a way. Um, I completely get that. I was a big fan of 13, the original one. Um, I never played the the remaster, which Rich mm-hmm. said was terrible, but um, horrible. Yeah, I, I'm a real big yeah. fan of that original game, so. I think this is also partially speaking to me for that reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah Larsonauts is a VR multiplayer hero shooter. Um, it's cool to see that VR is finally getting breaking into the mix with the one of the big trends in the past recent years with the multiplayer hero shooters. Uh, not really interested in it, but I think it's it's cool to mention just because of the fact that it's kind of it's like a benchmark or not a benchmark. It's a uh, well, maybe yeah. It's it's just a historical landmark, I guess I should say, in terms of gaming. Yeah, the VR is finally getting a mm-hmm. multiplayer hero shooter. Very cool. Not for me, but very cool. Yeah, that's where I'm at on that as well. Like honestly, I think for VR to continue to be a thing, it needs to. At the moment, it only really exists for solo experiences. It's not great for a lot of the bigger you know gaming as a shareable experience sort of that just has to do with um install base i think like there's there's cool concepts all over the place but until those things have a a wider install base you're you're not going to find success in a multiplayer market yeah i mean i I think honestly that's where the thing is i think even now i I don't see it working just because of that like honestly I, i personally i don't see a huge overlap between the competitive shooter market and the VR market. And so I, I don't see it going well, but I also see it as a necessary step of, okay, this is something we need to do at some point. Somebody has to try this. Somebody has to try it. I don't know that this is the thing to finally make it a thing, but it's neat to see. Yeah. My big concern here is that there's not going to be enough of a player base. Yeah. Yeah. To get into consistent matches. I think that's my biggest concern mm-hmm. here for people who are gonna want to get into it. But they'll run, nonetheless. They'll it's, run bots it's cool. in games like this, they have to. Yeah, I think it's, I, honestly I think that's one exciting. of the most important things that Fortnite has given us is the idea that even though this is supposed to be against a bunch of humans, half of those fucking games are filled with bots. Um just to make it work on a consistent level. Um Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Toy Soldiers is getting an HD remaster and releasing in August. 
I know there's some people out there who are really excited about that. Uh, I love oh, the trailer. Yeah. It was really fun. I'm not super excited for the game, but I love the trailer. I just wanted to mention that. Pretty cool. Um, this game, I'm unabashedly excited for. I'm absolutely probably going to get this day one. Neko Ghost Jump is a 2D and 3D platformer where you play as a bunch of cute cats. Um... Yeah, and you switch between the 2D and the 3D to get past certain parts and levels. It looks adorable as hell, and I'm really excited for that game. I was actually texting one of my friends this morning about it. So that's a game I'm going to be excited to jump into. I mean, I like the concept. uh, It's great in Fez. They didn't really show it off in Fez because, you know, I mean, they showed it off some, but they didn't show it off like where everything was going. It's a it's a really cool mechanic. Um, honestly, I'm surprised we've not seen more of it. So I'm I'm excited to see that kind of. Yeah, moving, it'll be cool to see their take. Forward. Yeah. No. Um. Next, we have Extra Galactica, which is an interesting mashup game of a top-down space shooter and a 2D platformer involving a varsity football player and his magical cat. And I got to tell you guys, this made me laugh because um, I was watching this trailer this morning and because of the, uh, the art style, I believe it's 8-bit, it reminded me immediately seeing that cat of, um, oh, fuck, Ickenfell. And I was like, man, I want to go play Ickenfell again. I might go play that again today. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I immediately thought when I watched that trailer. But that, that looks like a really fun a really fun game. I just I'm confused and a little bit perplexed and also curious about the mashup of a top-down space shooter and a 2D platformer. Yeah, that's uh I mean, I I I can see how they could come together as different levels in the same thing, but like as far as how they be the same thing like on a on a, you know, like inside the same gameplay loop don't know don't don't see exactly how that works uh that's what they're here to show us uh-huh. yeah yeah i it's gonna be interesting i'm i'm excited i want to play the game um i want to experience whatever the hell it's supposed to be because it looks it looks zany and that's i'm i'm about it um, next, we're going to talk about the Gorilla, Col- Gorilla Collective show, uh, which also showed off a bunch of new indie games. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Aragami 2, or Aragami 2, if you are Western. A ninja stealth game is dropping in September 17th. It looks very, very Tenchu-inspired. Inst- Aragami 2. Um, I'm not super interested in it, but... It looks cool. Uh, the first Origami had a lot of color and flair to it. Uh, I, I never played it, but uh, it has a, a fan base of people who seem to like it. It's cool to see that game getting more attention. Yeah, mm. like I saw this trailer, and like I'm a, I'm a pretty big Tenchu fan, at least in my memory I am. I, actually, I, I went back to try to play some Tenchu on stream last year, and it... Uh, it is very much a game from the 90s um, to the point where I may have ruined a lot of my memories by going back attempting to play that game again. Um, 
but yeah, it's neat kind of seeing a game doing that idea in a modern setting. Uh, I I didn't. Yes. I also didn't play the first one, but after seeing the trailer for the second one, I'm I'm interested in it. I I had missed that, and it looked solid enough here that it might be something worth checking out. Um, from looking into that first game again, it looks like they've done quite a bit to you know freshen up the gameplay between the first and the second one. That yeah. looks really good. So even even if. The first one maybe isn't your bag. This this the second one looks it looks pretty solid. Definitely, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, Fire Girl is the next game we're gonna quickly mention. It's a super super stylistic two point five D action game where you put out fires. That's pretty much the whole concept. You're rescuing people. You're going to different areas and putting the fires out. I mentioned here just because the art style is super awesome. Um, even if that concept doesn't really interest you, just go look at the trailer and check out the art style. It seems super intriguing, um, to me at least. Grime was revealed, and I don't know what the fuck that trailer was. <laughs> um, it was yeah. like this seductive lips, and somebody was sucking something out of somebody else, and then the end reveals that you are playing as a walking black hole, and that is what is revealed to you. I don't know yeah, what that the was, fuck uh, this game is, but it's worth it, mentioning. Yeah, not a not a reveal trailer, because this game has been announced for a while, but it was like a theme, sort of tone trailer or whatever. Um, Grime looks to be some sort of Metroidvania with some sort of like a power stealing thing going on with like the different enemies um, or something, something along those along those lines. Uh, the idea You're describing that this is, Kirby. The, the yeah, exactly. Like the idea, this is going to be somehow some sort of a sexy affair. Yeah, was describing not, Kirby was not something that they'd really you know shown from the gameplay that it's been seen before. Um, was kind of surprising to me because I was already on board given the aesthetic they'd shown and the gameplay they'd shown from the earlier trailers on this and so i'm i don't know what the hell is going on with now this you're game really on board is what you're point. saying yeah exactly like i like i did not expect any of that to be now tied to a game i was already interested in yeah that's right now you're on board and engorged mm-hmm. is that what the kids say i'm engorged let's have sex I sure hope I'm don't. so engorged right now. I want to put my engorged cock in you. Oh. Oh. I don't like this. My <laughs> dick has just swelled <laughs> to the point where it looks <laughs> where it looks like an emaciated kid just ate a feast for three days straight. Let's I don't fuck. Like this bit. <laughs> That's conveniently what she said. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, excuse me, I don't like your engorged penis. I don't like this bit. That is contrary uh, to what she said. Akatori is a 2D action platformer game. <laughs> I can't keep a straight face. I'm sorry. That bit, that bit, I made myself laugh. I love when I do that, because no one else does it here for me. Akatori is a 2D action platformer <laughs> game. Thank you. <laughs> where you are a staff-wielding monk. 
Um, I'm really, really excited for this game. It definitely has some inspiration from The Messenger. Um, I'm all on board for this game. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, it looks solid. Uh, I mentioned this at on stream at the time. I'm like, is this is this the uh, Momodora guys? Because I didn't know who was making this game at first. It looks like really, really solid, uh, you know, 2D Metroidvania. I'm not sure about the Metroidvania part, but definitely 2D action, uh, side-scrolling animations on everything. It Like, the pixel art on it looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, it reminded me, like, the pixel backgrounds reminded me immediately of The Messenger, uh, which is why I made a comparison to that. Mm-hmm. It looks great. This game, I'm not necessarily interested in it, but it's a really intriguing concept, so I just wanted to briefly mention it. No Longer Home is a narrative adventure game where you play as the developers who created this game, experiencing their college and other life experiences. Um, intriguing concept, not for me, but I, I like the fact that people are kind of getting creative. It's it's a it's an interesting way to kind of do a biography, so I like that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's the point on which it resonates the most for me is like the idea of the medium expanding to be these other sort of like <sighs> much more personal narrative experiences. I'm also. It, it didn't seem to be my sort of thing either, which is weird considering I'm the, like, you know, weird, awkward, indie, you know, self-portrait game guy. But, like, it, it I don't know. Yeah. I, I, was not, I was not feeling what they were showing there. But also, I think it was, I think it's neat for the medium more than anything. I'm still interested to check this out. It seems, like, weird and abstract and it's storytelling and I'm, it, it vibes with me. I just want to, I want it to lead to, like, it to blow up enough to where it gets popular, and then it leads us to getting a Keith Richards game in this style, oh where we have to live the life of Keith Richards. Who would not want that as a video game? I mean, that's, that's a good argument. That's not a sound one, but it's an <laughs> argument. Oh, agree to disagree, Rich. Uh, Hunt the Night is an overhead 2D action-adventure game placed in a gothic setting. Um, I kind of, I like the look of this one a lot. Um, I'm not, like, over the moon about it, but I'm definitely interested in checking it out. It looks fun. It kind of looks a little bit, it reminds me, vibe-wise, a little bit of Zombies Ain't My Neighbors, which is going to be coming out soon, but... um. It has a little bit of that kind of vibe where it's just like monsters and there were some gothic areas in Zombies Ate My Neighbors. So I'm intrigued to say the least. Yeah, no, this looked uh, this looked solid. It was sort of in the. Um, there have been a few pixel art. Souls like ish things. I don't know if this is so souls like, but as far as like the kind of like the, the big spectacle battles. um sort of a idea going on um you know with like a super nintendo art style to go along with it um i'm intrigued uh i've i've played a few of those recently and i've been 
less than enthralled in them. I think it's I think it's kind of a formula that maybe hasn't been perfected yet. And or maybe it's just a formula that does doesn't work as well as I had in my mind whenever I first heard of it. So Right. I'm curious to play it, but I've been a little disappointed by games in this space before. So Understandable. Yeah, I'm we'll, we'll I'm see how it plays. a little bit hesitant for it. Like there's nothing that's really blowing me away about it, but it does seem like I would have some level of fun with it. So mm-hmm. that's what's keeping me interested. Um Loot River is another overhead 2D action adventure game, but you can move the environment around you to overcome obstacle obstacles and kill enemies. I'm really excited for this game. Uh it looks a lot um Play-wise to Hyperlight Drifter, obviously you didn't move stuff around as much in Hyperlight Drifter, but it has kind of that vibe a little bit. I'm really excited yeah. for this game. It looks great. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, I I saw this on the uh, Day of the Devs a little a little before some of the E3 stuff was coming out. I I guess kind of like one of the anyway early E3 stuff. Um, and yeah, the concept of this is so fucking cool with. The Just idea the Tetrising of... platforms stuff is is very neat. Yeah, uh, we didn't really get into that, but anyway, this is a sort of top down, like like you said, um, Hyperlight Drifter slash Diablo style top down combat game where you're all the fights are on like these little moving Tetris shaped platforms. Well, not not strictly Tetris shaped, but anyway, um. Like you move, you know, like normal with your left stick, but then the right stick moves whatever platform you happen to be standing on. Um, so you you not only move yourself, you move the entire level, like the layouts of the level, along with whatever enemies happen to be on that platform that you're moving. Uh, which they've shown off a ton of like combat uses for that, as far as like breaking up gigantic groups of enemies to make sure you don't get overwhelmed and stuff. There's a lot of room in the puzzle space for for that sort of a a mechanic as well. I think there's so much they could do yeah. with this that I just I need to see where they're going with it. It looks really cool just on a conceptual Same. level. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I I agree with you. I couldn't agree more. Um Yeah, the the next uh game that I want to talk about is Unmetal. It's a hilarious comedic stealth game. Uh, the demo is currently available on Steam. You absolutely need to watch that trailer. Um, I was laughing my ass off from beginning to end. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched that trailer, but there was so much good comedy in it. I, I don't, yeah, I, I I don't remember. It. I probably, I, it's, I probably it's did the, see it. It's the Metal Gear Oh, game. okay, yeah. No, no, I do remember what you're talking about now. Yeah, this looks yeah. great. Yeah, no, like, I, I mentioned this on stream, but, like, the original Metal Gear is such a cool game designed-wise, but it was so fucking janky because at the time, like, we'd, like, none of none, none of the mechanics there had been mastered yet. Yeah. This this looks like a original Metal Gear, more in the style of later Metal Gears with the just ridiculous over-the-top campy nonsense which is perfect that's exactly what you want exactly um but just 
perfecting those early mechanics because the the early games were really cool sort of stealth action games but they were they were a mess they were they were honestly a mess they barely held together at the seams i'm excited to see someone take that formula and finally do something try something new with it in that genre but with modern day hardware i'm i'm excited to see where it's going because that is that is a game that i feel like kind of defined a genre and then didn't really come into its own until the 3d era with a lot of the stealth games we got moving forward. And I'm curious to see more of it. Like we've got a little bit of it with the, the game boy, um, metal gear game, which is really good. It's also really dumb and just silly fun, but it's a solid game. It's a really solid Metal Gear game. And I, I, I've i wanted to see more in that exact genre since then. And we just haven't gotten it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I can't wait to see what they're doing with it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it, too. Um, yeah, it looks it looks charming, to say the least. It looks really fucking charming. Um, next, White Shadows is a cinematic platformer. Uh, it's gorgeous. It looks like it took a lot of inspiration from Limbo and the Misadventures of PB Winterbottom in terms of art direction. So we're getting a couple of these black and white, um, interesting games, but this one is more on the cinematic side. Um, reminds me Mm -hmm. a lot of a Tim Burton movie, which is what they talked about. It was taking a lot of inspiration from as well. Some of the developers were talking about it, but um, yeah, really interesting. I think. Yeah, it had style. Yeah, it really did. There's been a, there were a lot of black and white games, um, this E3 back in the forties. I think I think they all looked pretty solid. This was a, uh, you know, narrative platformer sort of a joint. So. At least from what they were showing off, it, it may be more platformer, platformer once you actually get the game. But, uh, yeah, had a Still ton of style. Yeah, had a ton of style. Interesting. Yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, this one, I'm not super interested in it, but I wanted to mention it because I think it's a really cool, um, another kind of one of those historical moments in gaming. Raji and Ancient Epic is an isometric platformer that is Hindu-inspired with actual Hindi voice acting. I thought that's really cool as we were last week talking about voice acting. Um, Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I I think that's really cool that they got authentic voice actors and actresses to do that because it's something that's I know has been really uh, discussed within the medium within the past few years. So yeah, th- this is a uh, uh, is it a definitive edition? Because Josh and I both already played this. Uh, def- yes, definitive edition. I guess is kind of what they're billing it as. This came out on PC or on or on Epic Games and, 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 and Switch. Switch last year, and was yes good, but very. Very low on the polish as far as... I didn't finish it because some of the mechanics didn't really work that well or weren't explained well enough for me to run with them, and I and I kind of fell off of it because of that. Yeah, it, um, it was good. I finished the game. It's got like an interesting sort of three-hit combo mechanic going with all the different weapons, 
but they were all so similar that by the end it was like why why are you using the different ones was not really fleshed out in a meaningful way um yeah i'm curious to see them just fleshing it out more it, it's already a good game um the story of it is kind of again this seems to be a common thing lately but very first arc first chapter of a of a full story sort of a feel to it um it's fine as it currently right. is i'm curious to see how they flesh it out to see if it's like good good but yeah like rich was saying the combat was just very very light very kind of flimsy with the original yeah. release so less than satisfying yeah i think that's i think that's the area that needs the most work cuz story wise voice acting wise it was already pretty strong um, yeah i can 100% agree with that yeah hmm yeah it looks in- it looked interesting but that's i mean yeah it's, it's it didn't look enough like for me to go out and grab it immediately or want to check it out immediately kind of thing i i would give it until they're ready for this you know definitive edition or whatever they're calling it um i really i enjoyed it but also it's not it's not so solid that you need to like make time drop everything for it yeah yeah is kind of where i'm at with it so like yeah like if they're planning on doing more with it I'd, i'd give them that time and then at which point, definitely pick it up, because I think there's a lot of cool stuff there, but you know, it's not something I drop everything for, like we like we said, so. Yeah, yeah. Alright, we have two more quick showcases to talk about, and then we have other stuff to talk about after that, so I'm going to try and go through <laughs> these fairly quickly. Um, we have to mention the Devolver Showcase, which was absolutely my favorite showcase of the night. Um, Trek to Yomi, which is a black and white action adventure game where you take control of a young samurai, was given a gameplay trailer. And I, that was one of the things I'm most looking forward to from this E3. It looks super charming. It looks amazing. Right up my alley. I'm really excited for this game. I don't want to say too much about it, but um, yeah, I'm absolutely fucking excited. Yeah, no, it looks it looks everything they showed very solid. It, it, I was getting sort of two D Ghosts of Tsushima vibes from mm. it, as far as the way the combat was kind of playing out. Right. Um, and honestly, the one on one combat in this game on, in, in Ghost of Tsushima was some of the strongest the combat ever was. Um. Mm. So I'm, I'm hoping we get something very similar to that, just like hyper focused, sort of a sort of a gameplay feeling to it. I, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah, you and me both. You and me both. Um, Wizard with a Gun is an online co-op sandbox survival game. It looks somewhat inspired by Bastion, uh, with uh, <laughs> it looks like a. What is it? VV from Final Fantasy Nine went crazy mm-hmm. kind of thing. Just that traditional but, uh, black mage design, yeah. Yes, but it looks fun. It looks like a fun game, for sure. 
And then yeah, I mean, like, one of the games you, you that kind of hit all the notes I got there. It lo- it looks yeah, oh, okay. Like everything you've heard just there. Yeah, if that sounds like your jam, check it out. It's- yeah, 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 yeah. One of the games with the most buzz this year was Demon Throttle, an eight-bit old-school action bullet hell co-op game that will only be released physically for the Switch. Um, that game looked amazing. I'm really excited for that game, but um, I don't know how hard it's going to be to get a hold of it because uh, I think Rich was saying that after that copy. after that presentation that their website was flooded with orders. Well, yeah, special reserve was, but also that was just because everybody's trying to get in it. Yeah, it was, I don't, it, it I don't think a there's a limit. thing. You can go there and pre-order it with no problem at the moment. I don't think there's a limit. I think they're just taking orders on it. Yeah, it seems to be similar to like the Playdate thing where like we're going to release as many of these as we need. Um, it's just, you know, putting your name on the list so they produce what they need. Um, yeah, it, like I've been, you can go to the site just fine. Now it's back to working just normally. Just If it's a game you're interested in, you can go there and put your, your order in for it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it looks, it looks good. Like you're saying sort of a, uh, schmuppy. Sorry, there's a car driving, you know, good hundred, you know, two hundred meters by the house, just laying on the horn the whole time. Sorry, it was just distracting the fuck out of me. Um, what was I talking about? Sorry, that's that um, car just he said it destroyed was my a brain. Schmuppy looking. Anyway, um, watch your mouth. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh. I'm I like the idea of of a game that's just physical at this point cuz it's something we've not it, it used to just be how games were released. It's interesting these days seeing it that way. I don't like the idea of after the this fucking last gen, the idea of people picking up stuff they don't want to scalp later because that's the only way to not just completely die in our fucking late stage capitalist hellscape. I don't like, like, I don't, we don't need that coming to the gaming space and I don't like it from that perspective. Like just let people buy the game afterwards. I think that's dog shit, but it like, it's on a conceptual level. It's still interesting. I, There are always going to be physical copies of this game because it's essentially a game that would only ever be released as digital otherwise, that they're intentionally making this just a physical game for because of the way they wanted to release it, which I think is neat, but also, yeah, I I think it's dumb that there are going to be people who want to play this game who end up unable to play this game. Um, Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I'm going to have a difficult time getting a hold of it, so i got to look into that for sure um, a little bit more thoroughly. But um, I'm hoping I can get a hold of it here. Obviously, not being able to get it digitally makes it a little bit more difficult for me. So got to figure yeah. that out. But it's still a really cool, intriguing idea, and I'm excited for it. So uh, we have one more conference. Uh, I wanted to neglect it, but I figured people would be pissed off. So I guess we have to m- mention uh, Gearbox, unfortunately. Uh, which was my 
least you? favorite, and I think was the absolute worst conference or uh, showcase this year. What what was that, Rich? I said, do we? I mean, it's not like they talked about video games. They did a little bit. <laughs> um, not that I remember. You got to look at their new game, Tiny Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which is inspired by Borderlands, but in a fantasy setting. Um, I almost was interested in this game until I saw it was a Gearbox game and it was taking place in the. <laughs> The Borderlands universe, and then I immediately—I'll probably was, say no that I was never interested, interested in. It. Um, yeah, that—that's it. Uh, here's the thing: I've said this before. I said it a thousand fucking times. Tiny Tina is the worst part of Borderlands Two, and right after Borderlands Two was over, they decided that was going to be the theme of Borderlands forever, and I can't fucking stand it. Understandable. I mean, I think it was their strongest showing of anything that they showed at their conference, to be fair. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a bad take on Borderlands 2, considering how terrible everything else in Borderlands 2 was. Um, we are just having people tune out left and right right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, oh well. I mean, yeah, not, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Scooter's replacement was fine. That was, that was a scooter, neat. scooter from Muppets. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just say yes and move on. Mm-hmm. That way we don't have to talk about this showcase that much. Exactly. Um, Godfall has a new expansion releasing in August for the uh, five people that bought that game, and then um, we also got to witness Randy Pitchford walking around harassing people for minutes at a time. And um, that was pretty much the conference in a nutshell. What's on the drive, Randy? So fucking awkward for everyone so around Kevin him Hart. while watching that. It was Ugh. before we before we move on from conferences. Can I um bring up one thing from Devolver you neglected that I want to mention? Yep, um, please. You forgot you you didn't mention Lake, uh, the latest Strand game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the game where you just play as a mail carrier in the 1980s. It, it, as far as I can tell, is the only video game debuted at E3 where one of your options for a mission is to just go see the movie Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really want to play that game. Yeah, it looks it looks solid. That makes one of us. It looks it looks fun. Oh. It's a uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a mail carrying game. So a strand game. I, like again, a lot of this is going to hinge on whether the narrative is strong enough when we get the final product, but. Yeah, like it, it's, it's a game where you could crash a mail truck. Uh huh. Interesting. Anyway, um, frankly, I'm I'm more interested in games with like lower stakes at this point. Yeah, I'm, because I'm only interested in strand games. Like the the gigantic save the world games are fun enough, but that's been everything for decades. That like deliver this letter. There's there's some it sounds some, nice some appeal to that at this point. So. I got such great benefits, I'll say, as I walk to the mailbox. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'm glad that somebody's excited for that. <laughs> Two-thirds of this podcast um, is. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that is the <laughs> end of E3 for this year. Um, it was a thing. Overall, I mean, to keep it as succinct as possible, um, did you guys enjoy E3 this year? More than I expected to. 
Yeah. More than I expected to. I think... My expectations were also very tapered. Honestly, well, with a few exceptions, like Ubisoft and Square Enix, I was pleasantly surprised coming out of most of these. Nintendo uh, especially, I feel like, had such a strong showing. Mm-hmm. I expected absolutely nothing out of the Microsoft conference and then left there fairly excited to play some of the new games that they had they'd showed us. Um, which I, th- I think that was the biggest surprise for me out of like the, Nintendo as well, because again, they, they said beforehand that like, okay, we're, we're really only showing stuff that we've got ready to come out this year. And, you know, but I was surprised and, and at the sheer after. amount of stuff they have coming out this year that we had yeah. never seen at all before. Yeah. Like they, they said that beforehand and then exactly they're like, Oh, by the way, new Metroid coming out this year was, was a good twist to the whole. You're only going to see the stuff we've got about ready yeah, to come out. Yeah, like, we've got a new Metroid, a new WarioWare coming out within the next few months. Like, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, I didn't expect any of that. And I, I, as far as, like, being the biggest E3 or anything, I don't, I don't think it was, but it was a very no, pleasant surprise. it was surprise. never going to be. It was a very pleasant surprise, considering what I was expecting. Same, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was gonna, wasn't going to be as good. It was better than I thought. Simple as that. Um, do you guys want to take another break before we do games talk real quick and round up the show, or do you guys want to just jump right into it? Uh, should we just keep charging through? I'm down for either. Okay, we'll just yeah, keep charging just through then. This show's been pretty long as it is, so the sooner we get out of here, the better. Um, yes, please. Rich, uh, I know you wanted to briefly mention the Final Fantasy VII Remake DLC that you finished and the review that you got up. Um, take us through it. Yeah, um, we talked about this a little bit on the last one, but I finished up the Intermission DLC, the UV DLC. Um, full review is up over at SwordChomp.com. But uh, for brief thoughts, I, I I got really into talking about that Fort Condor minigame last time. I think, weirdly enough, that is probably the strongest part of the DLC. I just really fucking adored that thing. Um, it's not a terribly long story. It is full-on a side story. Um, but it is interesting, it, and it places Yuffie on a, a more interesting crash course with the rest of the party going into the next game. I think it, it paints the motivations for why she would stick with Cloud and company a little bit better. Um, gives you some one on, one time with some more uh, Shinra baddies, including one particular baddie from Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> Only the most ridiculous Final Fantasy VII side characters show up here to be the final bosses. Um... I really liked uh, Sonon, Yuffie's new companion character. It, uh, it, it overall a a side story, a skippable side story. But if you're you want more Final Fantasy VII, I think it's if you want more Final Fantasy VII remake, I think it is a really good slice of more mm. of that. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's something absolutely on my list. But I've been so swamped lately that I've not gotten back into some. Final it will Fantasy not seven. take you long to get through it. It'll probably take you about five hours. It took me about nine because I did all the Fort Condor stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 an achievable goal. Maybe I'll maybe I'll bump that up the list. Do it. Do mm. it. Do it. Alright. Rich, you also played a lot of Ratchet and Clank, so I'm gonna pass it over to you to tell us about some more 
games. Speaking of reviews at SwordShop.com, I played all of Ratchet and Clank, and there's also a review <laughs> up for that, um, which I absolutely adored. At? It's at SwordShop.com. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it has been a hot minute uh, since we got more Ratchet and Clank. One thing I want to talk about is the story setup for this, because Ratchet and Clank was kind of soft rebooted. Uh, with the remake of one, it wasn't really a reboot. It was kind of a thematic retelling of the first game through like a framing device of Captain Quark recounting the events. Mm-hmm. So this game is a direct follow up to the PS3 era Ratchet and Clank stuff. Uh, it's a really fucking good Ratchet and Clank game. I, I think the strongest thing I know Josh has been playing some of this, too. It really delivers on some of those technical promises, like the loading screens are basically non-existent. Uh, it's fucking beautiful to look at. It is, it, it's like you're playing a Pixar film. Yeah. Um, honestly, some of the discussion around this game has been just the dumbest goddamn shit I've ever seen as far as like, oh, this is not a AAA game. Like the, the corners they cut. Fuck you. This game is gorgeous. Like this oh, game is one of the prettiest games. Who is games. saying that? There's been a lot of discourse. Discourse. On, on like social media about how like anyway again like okay I'll, I'll get into it just like verbatim anyway of like plants not moving whenever you walk up against them and not having footprints on sand and shit like that like the stuff that no one gives a fuck about yeah but, who but red Den tears taught us we all need um we don't anyway which has been the dumbest discourse I've seen in quite a long time. But anyway, that's incredibly fucking dumb. It's very dumb. And I've, I've gotten a lot of good chuckles out of it, but I think it needs to be said. This game is fucking gorgeous. It looks amazing. It looks fucking beautiful. These are some of the biggest planets, uh, ratchet games have ever done Mm -hmm. up to the point that they very early on give you a new hover boots, uh, upgrade that lets you kind of zip around at like inline skating speeds to make traversal easier. Yeah. Um, people have probably seen from the uh, the main theme of this game is like alternate dimensions and alternate takes on characters. Ratchet is teaming up with Rivet, who is a female Lombax, who is his counterpart from another dimension. There's also another character that I won't name because somehow they kept them out of all the promotional material, and I think it's a pretty cool reveal once you meet that character. Uh, you meet inter- other dimensional versions of pretty much. All the important players you could think of. There's a more, yeah. a, a much better at being evil version of Doctor Nefarious. Uh, That's so good. Th- they yeah. do some really good stuff. The the weapons are just as good as you expect from Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Um, um like the the one note on that, and this is not new to this game, but like a few of them are kind of redundant as far as like. Yeah, you'll you'll find the the sets you like. I like leveling everything up to see what it becomes. Yeah. Uh, same. The new Rhino, this is probably the the Rhino, for those who don't know, is in every Ratchet gang as the Ripia new one, like the most powerful gun of guns. Yeah. It's easier to get in this one than it's ever been, because in past games, it's just been a grind of bolts. In this, you just need to find all of a certain collectible to get the schematic, and then you get it for free. Mm. Um, it's a, an amazing weapon. It's an interdimensional portal gun, and the it, that basically it drops things from other dimensions, which then explode. And the interesting take on it is all the things it drops are from other PlayStation games. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Um, yeah. Like it'll drop Sly Cooper's van. It will drop. It will literally drop Jack from Jack and Daxter. Oh, the funniest thing. I 
speaking speaking of um one one of the collectibles you get in here are like audio logs of another lombax who's like mapping the dimensions yes and he will discover things that are just easter eggs from other from other other games other sony games yeah yeah uh there's also a a ton of cosmetic shit you get for getting the gold bolts that can change the aesthetic of things like you can change the uh the the nuts and bolts the like currency pickup to the energy drink from uh sunset overdrive yeah or just rupees yeah there's just there's a lot of fun options um Um, here's a weird weapon standout because i'm interested to see if you use it all josh because it wasn't one i thought would be one of my favorites Mm -hmm. the the topiary glove oh that's good Um, yeah there's a glove that just fires a sprinkler that then turns all enemies in the area into topiary plants so they're stuck in position and you can like one two punch with like big aoe weapons by first freezing everyone in place yeah and like a lot of the upgrades for it make whatever you hit them with immediately after turning them into a topiary do extra damage um yeah yeah there's there's a once yeah. that was fully leveled up i think the topiaries become toxic yes yeah they give you a poison thing which honestly doesn't really fit with a lot of the theming of the rest of the weapon but whatever it's fine but it um, hardly matters it, it's um, got to make the explosions bigger yeah no i think i think a lot of it is really solid um I, I decided to play it on hard mode because, I don't know, it's just kind of the mood I was in. It is sort of a cakewalk on normal, um, uh, so I, I don't blame you. But also, it has that thing when you're done, and I'm going to do it because I'm very close to the Platinum. Yeah. Uh, that you can play through with all your upgrades on a now harder difficulty. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Uh, like, the only critique I'd have is early on, the, the higher difficulty kind of sucks the first time through because. At the very, very beginning of the game, you don't have your dodge or any of your, like, speed abilities. And, uh, they throw a couple fights at you where it's like, obviously you need to dodge stuff going on here. And you don't have the ability to do it yet. Um, and so, like, like the first 15 minutes of the game was, like, improperly tuned. And then after that, I could dodge. And I'm like, oh, that's how the game's supposed to play. Three real, like, locomotion upgrades, and they come pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned this in the review as well. There's one standout set of new characters I wanted to mention because they're my favorite thing in the game. Uh, there's a new alien race called the Morts mm-hmm. uh, that are from the planet Rivet lives on. It is a race of these small little fuzzy dwarf construction worker guys that are all named Mort, um, and they all have very thick Midwestern accents. Oh my god, it's hilarious! You know, like I love listening to them talk when you all by they go. So I was down by the lake with Mort, and he says to me, "Mort, what do you think you're doing?" Yeah. It's it's great. It's that that's one of those joke like so many of the jokes in this game are just ridiculous on their face, but they work anyway. And that that yeah. that joke kind of is the sense of humor of Ratchet and Clank, and it does it excellently. Yeah, one hundred percent. That was my main. This isn't even a gripe, but I do mention the review, so I should probably mention it. I think the storytelling is remarkably well done here but it still doesn't resonate with me for the most part for the same reasons it didn't when they were trying to do it on PS3, which is that they're trying to tell these really deep emotional stories, but to me, Ratchet and Clank will always be the guys making ass crack jokes and then shooting guns. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't care about Ratchet and Clank in the way the series seems to have wanted me to for the past 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that. It is... It, 
it's but yeah. that they they still do a good job with it. I think um Jennifer Hale is the voice of Ribbit, um, who you heard us praise on our last podcast. Yeah. This is a very And she's great. She's she's great. She's not what you'd expect in this. She she's, is I think she's the best performance in this. She's um compared to most Jennifer Hale that you're used to hearing, which is kind of a older kind of not cynical, but like any I, I, I'm not going to describe that exactly, but anyway, I'll, I'll go into the counterpoint to that. Her performance as Rivet is really kind of open and honest. Is like, And it is the plucky young hero. Yeah, like she feels like one of the most heartfelt characters. Like I, I've seen in a game like this, it's it's really good. It's it's a really I, good. I performance. do, I, I do hope they don't toss away Rivet and the other character that I still will not mention by name. Um, just because like I think it would be easy to do that if they do make another Ratchet and Clank. I I hope Rivet is a is a mainstay. I do, I do too. I like I'd, I'd like to see the character continue going forward. It they they did a lot of really cool things with the um the different characters in this game. It's really fun stuff. And if you change if you change armor skins, the only one you're allowed to put on Rivet is the pirate one because it's the only one where she keeps her scarf. I am so glad you and, said that because yes. Yes, absolutely. It's a shame that she loses the scarf and all the rest of them. It's such a it's a good it's a good it's character. Her element. defining uh attire attribute to me and when I was like, none of the other ones have the scarf. I'm like, well, at least I like this armor set. Mm-hmm. So Rivet's keeping it. Uh, that's the best change they made to armor too. In past Ratchet and Clank games, it was like this armor gives you this upgrades. Armors every time you pick up a new piece of armor, it gives you permanent upgrades, and you don't have to but wear you, it. You don't have to wear it. Yeah. Then you could just put on whichever one you like the look of the most. Yeah, I I do. I like that a lot because there's a lot of armor in this too. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of armor. B you can just choose what you like and not feel yeah. like oh I just got this upgrade that I'm I need never, to use this one ever going to use. Yeah, um, not not be like I need to use this one because it is the best one, but I think mm-hmm. it looks stupid. Like you're never forced into that. Yeah, and I like that. I think that's something that Spider Man has done well recently with the whole um, take a power from a suit and just plug it into this slot exactly, and then put on like, whichever cosmetic exactly, you want. Exactly. Like once you unlock the power up from getting a piece of armor, you can put it on anything you want. So you can yeah dress the way you want to. I think that I think that was a wise lesson to take. For Ratchet and Clank, so you can you know pick pick the way you want to look. Totally, but yeah, that that's Ratchet and Clank. I think it's fucking phenomenal. Uh, and review is up right now. Mm-hmm. So go check that out at where Rich? I forgot. Uh, it's SwordChomp.com. Let's head on over to the oh, reviews okay. tab. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to make sure. Cool, cool. Um, also. You guys played a game by the name of Island of Minutes. I thought you guys were gonna. I was trying to. Oh, we thought you, you were gonna do it. it. Don't worry. It's hard to tell with the lag. What's a what's a if we should let you do pause and what's a uh, you know ISP just really giving it to you. Yeah, totally. Josh, uh, you you've played. Uh, I hate when the ISP gives it to me. Yeah. Mm. I'm still in the first few hours of this. You've beaten it, so why don't why don't you give us the introduction here? Um, and then I'll tell you what I think so far. Yeah, I- Island of Miz- Minutes is a game that they announced during which which conference was it? It was it was 
I don't remember which one it was, but we bought it immediately. It might have been, uh, I think it was something on Sunday. Um, was PC gaming? I can't remember. Anyway, it's it's, who hardly matters at this point. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Um, point being, um, it is a like a narrative platforming puzzle adventure game thing with a really cool hand-drawn uh animation style that really kind of um it lives in the same sort of vibe zone as a lot of the darker adventure time yeah totally that a lot of the post-apocalyptic serious adventure time episodes is kind of where this this thing is going for yeah um it um again um fucking hell sorry my brain is just fried this weekend um trying to um frame anything uh conceptually is uh is a task um sorry <laughs> um the 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 narrative this narrative of this game is um sort of like a really personal sort of story where the character you're playing as is uh the person in charge of well in charge by her own you know initiative of keeping all the ancient machines running that stop the world from ending for these yeah these sort of like four giants yeah who uh, are... these brothers that live underground and work like these in these infernal engines that keep the world alive and and she is sort of like their human apprentice yeah uh, the, the main character mo yeah the main, yeah and and like it's so anyway it's like the main story through this is her you know journey to go make sure they're all still running properly and the world continues as it is um without you know the air becoming poisonous and everyone dying um which is interesting like it gives you a lot of you know very video gamey i've got to save the world sort of vibes to it but um, it's very melancholic uh which is i think why i i haven't beaten it already is because i was coming right off of backbone that we had talked about previously and i'm like oh man i should have played chicory first like i need <laughs> something with good vibes like the 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 tone of Island of Minutes wasn't entirely clear until when you first come up out of the underground area and you walk past that rotting whale carcass on the beach. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, this is where we're at. <laughs> um, but I, I think what I've seen so far, like the character interactions are are really strong, just because you get this sense of who Mo is and like this sense of duty that she feels. Where like when when you're turning on like these air purifiers in the beginning even there's this brief moment where your uncle who's another character in the game like wants you to kind of stop and celebrate and you're like going through the motions of doing that but then mo has this moment before she goes back to him where she's like i don't have time for this shit like I, like i'm not yeah. done yet there's nothing worth celebrating and you just kind of ignore him and move on yeah there are um they do an in- really interesting thing where the narrator is not um it's like storybook narration, kind of. 
Yes, where none of the characters have their own voices, but they're all voiced kind of as if the narrator were... They're all the thoughts in Moe's head kind of going through this is kind of the way the way the narration is framed like okay the narration yeah. is whatever she's thinking at the time and the main collectible is memories like you you sort of stop at at points and you look at like the the ruined world and mo will think back to before all this and what her life was like and just memories she associates with places like her uncle's farm mm-hmm. um and i i think it all works really well to get this feeling across of Mo kind of taking on an impossible task and and how it's affected her um which is really good interesting like storytelling beats um I don't want to like ruin things for anyone but I I think kind of where the game doesn't work as well is that it's very much sort of these like a metaphorical take on like actual ways you'd take on things that you don't need to take on in the real world sort of a, a story a sort of a narrative in the way a lot of stuff is framed um but also the in-universe explanations for the things going on feel like things that yeah they're like maybe this is too big a job for you, but someone has to do it is kind of the feeling it gives. Um, which like, at least in my mind kind of leads to you feeling like it's still the right thing to do is to take on these things that you obviously can't Whereas, do. Whereas like, it's hard to relate the lesson when it's like world destroying to yeah. be like, the lesson is you should be able to say no to people like, no, but the world will end if she says no. Yeah. And I, I can't tell exactly. Like I have a hard time knowing if that's like a storytelling, but it it also is like that might supposed to be the point of like the world will not literally end. If you say no to people every once in a while, like it might be that it's supposed to be overdramatic. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Sense. It might be to draw a an obvious, you know, comparison to real like, life. Like by by you saying like, "Oh no, she absolutely has to do it." Like it sucks. It's it's really a shame that she doesn't, you know, that she's forced into this, but like she doesn't have to do it. Or, but, but I like, don't but, have but, to like, help Ricky move. To, but, like, but I don't. But I don't. It's kind of the idea. So like, yeah. Um. So it's it's a little bit. I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little bit torn on kind of some of that framing as far as like how it ends up playing. Yeah, out. I'll, once I've seen it through to the end, I'll, I'll share my thoughts with you on that. Yeah. But I'm still uh, I'm I'm on like the second set of islands, and uh, the game's really pretty. It's just it's been putting me in a bummer mood. Uh, right, <laughs> following Backbone's weirdness that I I've been taking it slower. Um, and I might sparse chicory in there this coming week, uh, just to cheer me up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There we go. There we go. That is our game section. We're going to rush right into our social media polls. Um, we didn't have any comments. I, I I forgot to mention this on the main topic. I figured because there was going to be so much to talk about to probably just abstain from the listener comments this week. But if you still want to let us know when we post, when the show goes live and we post about it, feel free to um, 
mention it to us. Uh, what do you mean, dude? We've only been here for four hours. <laughs> yeah, we've been here for quite some time. But uh, let's get to the the listener polls, um, the social media polls, which if you are interested in voting and participating on, you can head over to uh, Swordchomp at, at Swordchomp on Instagram, uh, where you can, uh, you can vote on those polls uh, every week. It's on Monday every week. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the polls that you, the listeners, voted on right now. Most of them were E3-centered. So, for example, we talked about Capcom has dropped some news on Monster Hunter Stories 2 and announced that they've started working on DLC for Resident Evil Village. How did you feel about the conference? 29% of people said, I loved it. And 71% of people said, more like, Cap, come on. Um... (laughs) I that came to me as I was making the poll. You're very proud. I was of that. doing the sliders for most of them, but that cap come on came to me, and I was like, "All right, I got to do that one." Crunchitize mm-hmm. me, Captain. people weren't as impressed with that conference <laughs> for some reason. I didn't think it was terrible, but not great either. Um, Square Enix showed off a lot at their showcase: Final Fantasy Pixel Remastered Collection, Guardians of the Galaxy, Life is Strange Remaster, Babylon's Fall, and more. Avenger Story. How pleased were you with this conference? The scientific slider, which you guys are well acquainted with, um, was about at the midway point. That was the average answer. That's surprising. Um, there were people who were in love with the conference, some people who were tepid, and some people who absolutely abhorred it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Xbox Bethesda showcase was massive. Too much to list, but how pleased were you? With both of the showcases, or one if you consider it all the same. So I asked, I asked our fans about that, and the scientific slider says they were three quarters of them were, or they were three quarters of the way pleased, average wise. So that a lot of people were more pleased with that conference, I believe. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it Devolver about right. show. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I think I think it was the stronger one for sure. I think that was probably. Um, one of the stronger showcases for this year, definitely. And it better be with how much they had to show. So, mm-hmm. Devolver's showcase was an absolute treat. I love the humor and I love some of the game announcements. Was this showcase the most enjoyable one? If you haven't watched it, do it now and come back to vote. 75% of people said yes, 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 which I was super surprised about. And then 25% of people said I hate hot dogs. So. There is that. <laughs> there is that. Uh, um, this one is interesting. I'll, I'll be curious to hear what you guys think. That Gearbox showcase was... Yeah, it existed. It's rare that I feel bad for a celebrity who makes millions of dollars, but Randy Pitchford <laughs> managed to make me feel bad for Kevin Hart. Does yeah. this moment epitomize that showcase for you? And it was a picture of Randy Pitchford going for a high five for Kevin Hart, and Kevin Hart stiffing him a high five. Um, the votes were 90%. It was yikes. And 10% of people said Gearbox does no wrong. So Mm. there you go. Gearbox does almost exclusively wrong for the past like (laughs) two decades. Oh, good. That part I mentioned to Rich at the time, there was a conspicuous, like there are cuts all over the conference, but there was a very conspicuous cut. After he comes and knocks on Kevin Hart's trailer, where you could you could tell they stopped and renegotiated a higher pay 
for him having to put up with like, Randy nobody Pitchford said for that I was going to have thing. to talk to the fucking pornographer magician. <laughs> it's like, right? It's like you can, you can tell between those two between those two scenes that more money was was handed to him to have to deal with that. Well, that or somebody just had to explain to him who the fuck Randy Pitchford was. <laughs> Yeah, and I like the fact that where like he went for the high five, Randy Pitchford, and you could see in Kevin Hart's mind, I didn't get paid for this shit. I ain't touching him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not it touching you, Magic t- Man. It's like, it's like not physically contacting Randy Pitchford was literally on my writer. Right, exactly. Uh, there were a ton of games set in space previewed at E3 this year: Falling Frontier, Alliance of the Sacred Sun, Terra Invicta, and of course Starfield. Are you excited for the current trend of space games? Uh, 79% of people said, send me to the moon. And 20, 21% of people said, keep my feet on the ground. So, interesting. Uh, I think a lot of people are excited for the space games that are going to be coming, mm. which makes sense. It's really exciting. Um, we had a showdown. I said, which do you get more excited for at E3, AAA games or indie games? You guys will not be surprised by this. 70% of people said AAA games and 30% of people said indie games. Um, I got a message from a former host on the show on this one said, oops, I voted indie when I meant AAA. And by the way, tell Josh, fuck indie games. So, (laughs) I mean, I kind of agree because of the whole E3 framing of it. Like this, this is where they should be because I fucking want them out of my life the rest of the year. They get the they get the one weekend. Um. Yeah. Fair enough. So yeah, yeah. that that's how I can see it the same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is more at so at the time of this poll. There was more E three to go, and there were a lot more announcements. But I asked so far. How did they feel? How did the people feel about this year's E3 to date? 36% of people said I had fun. And 64% of people said could have been better. And I would agree with that. I think it could have been better, but I still had a lot of fun. I voted for I had fun because I had more than I expected to. Yeah, yeah no. no yeah. My expectations were way tapered this year, just knowing the state of the industry. Um, and I think things went really well. And you know what's so funny to me is, again, I said this probably a million times in this show at this point. Nintendo blew me out of the water and they were one of the only developers who was like, hey, you know, COVID really hit us hard and a lot of our production's down. And then they were like, boom, we're releasing three awesome games in like four months. (laughs) Yeah, they did good. I mean, you're you're also very much into Nintendo, Rich, as I was writing up that portion. I was like, Rich is going to love this. 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 So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's probably a little yeah, bit of bias no. there, but yes, it was a good conference. No, no, I I, I don't deny that. Like, but it, it just so happens that like uh, three of those things that were big announcements that are out of nowhere are like three of my favorite Nintendo series. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Like the, it was a good conference by any standard and especially by the, you guys really shouldn't get your hopes up. Like this is this is not going to be a big deal standard that they had just given us, which is kind of Yeah. I was I was uh, very pleasantly surprised by for, for, by that. Yeah. For for yeah. any other year they wouldn't have been the biggest announcements, but also some of them tinge more particularly for me like WarioWare is a fucking love of mine and I 
am like you know as excited as I am for Metroid Prime Four, I honestly am way more interested in a two D Metroid than a three D Metroid. Yeah, that's fair. All right, and the last poll I did, this one was a little bit different just because uh, I was curious. I was thinking, I, was, I can't remember the exact inspiration for this poll, but I was thinking about stuff this week, um, just like social media and conversations with people and whatnot. And I was like, I wonder how many people think that they're the smartest person in the room and how many people feel like they're the dumbest person in the room. I was curious because... You know, obviously, so many times we go on a social media or we're talking to people who think they know what they're talking about and they really don't. And you know what? I'm guilty of that myself at times. Sometimes I think I know what I'm talking about and I'm really don't. I'm talking out of my ass. You know, I think it happens to all of us from time to time. Um, Not me. But it's rare that I ever feel like I'm the smartest person in the room, even when I'm teaching my elementary school students. Um, So (laughs) I was curious. Do you consider yourself intelligent or... Or do you feel like your brain power is much to be desired? And I was actually very surprised by this. 60% of people said, I'm smart. And uh, 40% of people liars. were honest and I said, mean, I'm dumb dumb. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Given driving anywhere and, and dealing with every other driver, I, w- I would assume most people assume they're good at something they're objectively fucking god-awful at um yeah i mean to to validly answer that like i don't think i'm a fucking idiot but i like i don't feel like people who i feel like the person who is the smartest person in the room rarely walks into a room thinking they're the smartest person in the room yeah, I try my best to be the dumbest person in the room, in any room I'm in. I try and bring down the general intelligence level of the room as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, Rich, you did vote that you are smart. I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, no. Josh, that's case in point? Case in point, Josh? <laughs> well, no, no, that's, that's, that's along the lines of what I'm saying. He, like, he knew the room, though. Like, yeah, no, ex- exactly. The room exactly. was Instagram, which... Um, it's pretty dumb which is pretty dumb uh no no but that that was to the point of what i was saying like i don't i don't think i'm like a fucking dumb dumb but i i I wouldn't say i'm the smartest person in the room in most given scenarios yeah Mm Mm-hmm. okay then okay then what's wrong no you're fine you're fine i just i was just surprised that that many people genuine believe that that genuinely believe that they're smart because i definitely voted for i'm dumb dumb um man like i feel like there's so many times in my life where i may know shit but i don't truly understand it like if somebody was to tell me like hey i'm gonna throw you out in the woods for three days survive i'd be fucked and i think that requires a certain level of intelligence and smarts Uh, oh somebody were to tell me immediately if somebody were to ask me, like, if an alien came down today and said, how does this technology work? I'd be like, I press I it on I'm- and it turns on and allows me to look at porn. That would be my level of analysis. Um, I'd tell them we, we, we ran lightning through a rock and tricked it into thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. No, I, yeah. I, it's like, I, I don't know. You're that- the one who can't hear. Well, you tell me how it works. You fucking came here in a spaceship. Why don't you tell me how it works, <laughs> asshole? Yeah, here's the thing. I'm, I don't think I'm dumb. I don't think I'm smart. I think that more often than not, I feel like I don't have the knowledge uh, necessary or the intellect 
to fully understand certain things. Like sometimes yeah. my students are like, Hey Shay, are you good at math? I'm like, not really, but I'll take a look. And they show me shit and it's like junior high school level math. And I'm like, I forgot all about this. I'm fucking stupid. Yeah. You know, I think I conflated smart with not dumb. Like most of my knowledge is useless. I honestly, I think most people are smarter than they think they are, but also they think they're smarter than they actually, uh, it's, I don't know how many times a week I get technical questions from like my family and the answer is I fucking Google it for them. Like the answer is Google it. Like I, I'm not a computer whiz, but yeah, I know I, to fucking Google it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, exactly. I, I hate getting technical questions like occasionally and my mother will call me and be like, Hey, let me ask you something. And I'm like, Oh geez, I, I hope it's about the X-Men or else I probably can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> and like, but, but all that to say, uh, uh, like math, math is a kind of that, terrible that's, at that, math. That, that that's one that a lot of people are like, oh no, I'm I'm bad at this. You're really not. Like you can figure this stuff out. It's just a matter of I don't excel at math. Yeah, taking the time I... to learn it. Like honestly, I think math is one of the things we do absolutely dog shit at teaching in the states. Um, I mean, frankly. The fact that we teach geometry before algebra makes no goddamn sense because the whole point of geometry is logic. It's, it's about proving things that you've not even learned yet. Um, and it's, I think geometry should be like folded into a comprehensive logic class in, in U.S. schools and p- having people taught how to actually evaluate how they know something. That's such a fundamental thing that we do absolutely horribly at, and we roll it into this completely incomprehensible, you know, mathematical proof of, you know, shapes. Like, that's that's not something people have, you know, like an easy time grasping. Um, right. and I, I, I honestly think we completely dropped the ball on that front. And I think if, if there was, if there was Sweet geometry if, joke, anyway, like it's, I honestly, Drop I think people, ball. I think people would greatly benefit from a formal logic class outside of geometry that just yeah, no, tells them right. this is something I'll never need to know. Why the fuck would I ever need to prove that this triangle is a triangle? You don't. Someone has a you gun on you. Literally, never need to prove like, that. Prove it. But if the U.S. The framework, the framework is something that you should absolutely have a grasp of. If the U.S. drops the ball three hundred and twenty-seven <laughs> years ago with the public education system, how many years will it take mm-hmm. for the ball to be picked back up and rolling at a steady pace of thirty miles per hour? It or won't. The country will destroy itself before something the chance. kilometers per hour. If you're not, in yeah, the but 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 yeah, like I I feel like people can have a bigger, have a more firm grasp of a lot of these subjects if they like kind of take the time to to stop and think about it on instead of just from like a learn it for the test mentality, like an actual understand the concepts thing. I think it's stuff you can grasp. Like I've seen people master these concepts in other contexts and do 
much better than they'd assume of themselves with it. I th- I think the big thing to remember, and I think you hit a lot of really good points about this. This is the last thing I will say about it. Um, is in all seriousness, it's important to remember that a lot of these things build off of each other, and a lot of that is less about intelligence or being smart, and it's more about just understanding the basic concepts that are being given to you and then being able to build upon them Mm -hmm. when you're building upon that yes there's some level of smarts or intellect that goes into play there but if you look at a math problem you're like dude i'm fucking stupid i don't remember how to do this it's like well think about it you haven't been practicing Mm -hmm. math for years i mean that's that's a whole beginning of your life is learning how to build these practice skills learning how to build upon things and if you don't practice those skills for years of course you're not going to be good at it i mean yeah there's going to be some level of ability you're going to be able to take in with it but it's going to take you a while it's like if i didn't ride a bike for 20 years and i suddenly expected to be able to bomb down trails on my mountain bike i'd be fucked because I, I, I don't have the endurance. Or you'd be fucking I haven't sick. been practicing for years. <laughs> I don't have the body control that I had 20 years yeah. ago. I'd, you know, you have to work back up to all of those things. And yes, um, there's going to be some level of lost ability there as you get older because um, of physical capability, but also because of mental, mental capability. And it's the same thing with anything like math or anything like any other things like that. I yeah. mean, if you're not practicing something for consistently for years, you're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. And that's. That's been such a big thing for me as I've been trying to acquire the Japanese speaking skill is that if I practice consistently every day, even if it's for 10, 15 minutes, I'm a hell of a lot better than trying to jam it all in once or twice a week and certainly a hell of a lot better than not trying at all. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, such a big thing. the, The whole practice and effort are way more important than you think they are. Like, innate skill is... And Please I'm don't saying this is someone who's... It's part of it. Frankly, my innate skill is learning shit for the test. I'm good at that. Um, I don't remember nearly enough Spanish. And I fucking lived in Spain. Because um, it's it's not something that I've, I've put the effort into in the years since then. Um... It, don't don't sell yourself short. You, there's an awful lot you can accomplish if you put the time in. Is kind of my my final final say on that. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> no, but um, that's gonna do it for the show. I mean, it's been a really really long show. I wouldn't be surprised if um, it's split up into a two part because this is a fucking lengthy episode. Um, but just a few bookend things I want to say first. And foremost, if you stuck here this long, thank you so much. I know it was a really long show. Um, We tried our best to be as succinct as possible. We went on a few tangents, but that's all in the whole Sorcham experience. But um, yeah, uh, if you aren't already subscribed to this this podcast, please subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're interested in more content from us, head over to Sorcham.com, where we have two other podcasts. Um, We have a merch page where you can wear some of our threads uh, store.sorechomp.com i actually just got i haven't told you guys about this yet i got some new merch in and i'm going to hopefully uh when the rain dies down i'm gonna go take some uh some promo pictures of that so i can put up on our social media and whatnot 
cool. But uh, I got some new merch. Um, I got the uh, the Chomping After Dark logo, and I got uh, the main Sword Chomp logo. I had the alternate one, but I got the main one um, on a in a on a long sleeve shirt on a sweater. So it's a little bit hot for that right now, but I'm still gonna style it anyways. Mm. Uh, super comfortable. I, so I picked those up. Um, but yeah, if you're interested, head over to store.swordchomp.com. Rich writes reviews, which he's been mentioning as well, swordchomp.com slash reviews. Um, I also have written a few reviews myself. I'm probably going to, hopefully, if I finish Biomutant this week, I'm going to be writing a review on that. Um, trying to think. And if you want to support us uh, financially, as we are completely listener-funded and supported, um, it would help us out immensely. It keeps the lights on. It allows us to do... Um, other podcasts like uh, I alluded to and we have some other stuff in the works that I've been talking about for a little while now that hopefully is going to be getting off the ground here in the next few weeks um, head over to patreon.com slash there are a bunch of tiers a bunch of ways you can get involved and you can get rewarded for it um, it starts with just one dollar a month which is less than a candy bar at this point um, that you could help us continue to keep the lights on but if all of that is just overwhelming and you're just here, um, the best thing you can do for us is just get the name out there. Let other people know who would be interested in listening to the podcast. Just let them know, hey, I listen to this awesome video game podcast. Check it out. Um, I think that is uh, the single best way you can help us out. But uh, thank you so much for being here and listening to us. Uh, thank you for listening to our E3 breakdown. Um, I want to thank Josh. Thank you for being here from Michigan. Rich, thank you for being here from New York, and uh, I'm Shay. I patched in from good old Japan. We will be back next week with a very special episode. We have another guest coming in. It's going to be a little bit more of a serious topic. I'm super excited for that. I'm going to be sitting down tomorrow and writing that out, doing some research on that. You will not want to miss that episode. It's going to be fantastic. But thank you so much, and we will be back next week with another episode. Be wonderful. Be safe. Take care.